0: Welcome to Pop Culture. Federation. Pop Culture Federation. Hello, welcome to Pop Culture Federation Podcast. I'm your host, Mikey, and I'm here with Perk FGC. Perk, now this is your. Third time? third time
1: third time yeah second or third one of those one of those numbers you, you are
0: doing? i'm doing great how are you i'm doing all right i'm doing all right you are our most requested return guest
1: i am flattered thank you for anybody who requested me uh it's a pleasure to be here obviously you know you and i have long history of uh lots of different things but uh it's always always fun to uh to chat with you on the podcast
0: your your in depth analysis on the netcode as well as if Smash <laughs> Brothers was going to not exist anymore was quite popular All with right. people. I All thought it was going to trigger people, but no, people were like, "Wow, he's gotten a lot of good points."
1: It's you know, I, I listen. I mean, there's obviously we we both know that the the most popular things you know in media today are the things that are most shocking. But uh, you know, sometimes I I like to go in and, and truly look at what i think you know where i think things are going and and how they evolve it's interesting to me i th- i think no matter what if you if you love something or hate something i think it's still really interesting to try to try to use history to to make an educated guess on trends and stuff so it's always fun
0: no i couldn't agree more so what's the uh what well, before we dump and in, jump into the topic of the day what's the latest and greatest in the fighting game community i think i from what i've seen it's been kind of lull I see the Capcom Twitter every now and then posting online tournaments L.I. Joe is out at you know eating some good food at restaurants so <laughs> I don't know if it he's is. streaming uh, a couple of other streamers and people Punk is the only one I see and Wong Jay Wong are the only two that I see that are kind of active for Street Fighter um, even Red Bull Esports they, they put out a good series about how to play Tekken which mm. was really good to see so if anybody wants to learn yeah. how to play Tekken watch that and but otherwise it's been kind of quiet um the only esport that i've been really playing is magic arena
1: magic arena i have that i'm literally looking at the icon on my desktop i installed that like a year ago and i i meant to jump into it i never i never did it's fantastic it's uh it's a magic online sucked
0: and that's like notorious <laughs> It's i remember like, playing
1: that i remember playing that a long I mean, time ago
0: in 2004 for what it was it was fine
1: dude it was it, honestly i i'm gonna i'm gonna stand magic online for like a hot just like a brief second just because i remember installing that on like my windows 98 pc uh and trying to get that thing running but i thought it was the coolest thing ever when you had the avatars and they would sit at the table shuffling while you waited for an opponent Uh, I don't, it was just something like, you know what I mean? Like there was just something about that. It just felt, you know, today we're, we're so used to so many like digital things and, you know, interacting and stuff like that. But for whatever reason, like that, that little thing where you were, it it kind of felt like you were there, those little, those little bridging gaps to make you feel like you're connecting to somebody. I I appreciate those. I don't know what it is. I know they're not popular, but, uh, that's, that's just me fanning out for magic online from, from the OG days. (laughs)
0: No, I I get what you mean. It's uh, it never really evolved, and like they never updated it to That's today's true. standards, which that is, is kind of the problem. Yeah, and um, some people say that it doesn't capture the mechanics as well as when they evolved. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a good f- way to play Magic when you couldn't go to your local game store. So I'm sure now Magic Online is popular, but Arena is um if you've played hearthstone i've played hearthstone i don't like hearthstone i loved it
1: back in the day i was in the hearthstone beta um the closed beta uh it was it was a good time i've played i played magic arena on you know kyle i played it on kyle's account i don't think i i have or actually i feel like i installed it because i think you didn't have a pc at the time and there was like beta codes coming out i definitely remember installing it and like setting it up um but I never, I never really got into playing it or anything like that. I just, I haven't had the moment to do so. I've wanted to. I literally, I installed it with intent because um, I, like with Hearthstone, like you were saying too. Like Hearthstone used to be awesome, uh, and I think that just the changing in metas and stuff like that. I don't think they were able to really capture what it was. I was really excited for it because, for me personally, you know, obviously you and I met, you know, at the card store and, and stuff like that. I, you know, used to work for Wizards of the Coast retail uh, and had like literally can't imagine a better i i tell people that story all the time and they're like that's the best first job for like a nerd that you could ever ask for and i'm like
2: yes yeah like absolutely
1: you can't you can't beat it like i was just hanging out at league giving my friends promos and and all kinds of stuff um but to go back to to magic on arena i i've i literally have been <laughs> thirsting for a good digital card game that really that hits it right that does the, you know, obviously you're going to buy cards, right? You know, that's the whole thing. It's literally, trading card games are the original uh, microtransaction. Um, so that's probably why I'm a little desensitized to it. But um, I, I feel like there's there's still room to improve all those apps always, but...
0: So I thought originally when I downloaded Magic Arena that it was going to be a pay-to-win. Mm. It's really not. you That's good. If you... so. There's a lot of ways to get free cards. Um, if you buy, so there's codes every time a new set comes out, they give out free codes. And like the codes work for like almost two years. Mm-hmm. Um, I just went back through most of the sets in the past, I think three years, and redeemed the codes that were the free codes. There's like a subreddit that has them all. That's and awesome. um, you get a bunch of packs. And then after every, I think it's seven, six or seven packs. You mm-hmm. get a rare wild card, or you get, okay. and then after like every like twenty packs, you get a mythic wild card, and you can use that wild card to redeem any rare or mythic card. Anything. Anything. And wow. Yeah, and okay. once you have four of a card, four of a card like a playset, mm-hmm. um, they won't. You won't open that card again in a pack. You'll always get something you don't have, so you never get. Wow a fifth of anything like you'll get doubles just to get the play set right but right, right. once you complete the play set they'll they'll keep going until you complete the whole set and then you just get gems which is like money um, that
1: sounds great how like there there's got to be a a drawback like so like can't imagine if you, it can be that good and have everybody so, be happy with it
0: well if you want to if you want to pay you get more packs and then you get more cards but you could um you can grind essentially and every every other level you get a pack every i think it's you get daily quests like you would in destiny okay and cool. um you get coins so i've pretty much i play it every day i play at least a couple matches and i win at least a pack or two a day That's so bad. you can keep going and then they have like they'll have like free um like in the store they'll have uh daily deals where you can buy uh 800 coins for like 100. So basically okay. free 700 coins and you can get packs that way. Um if you do put in money it's I don't I I can't see somebody dropping like 100 bucks on it. Like I think you could like over time when mm-hmm. new sets come out and stuff. But I think if if somebody were to drop 20 to 50 bucks to get like 40-50 packs you pretty much are set whatever you want to make. Um Okay.
1: That sounds great. I, I know Kyle, I literally I, I introduced him to it. I, I didn't even get a chance to play and I was just like he's like, Oh, you know, what games have you been playing? I was like, Oh, I've been thinking about checking out magic Green and this was this was like actually this is like two years ago. I remember um, that's when I
0: first played it. Yeah. On his, I, on his I, computer.
1: I literally left the room, uh, I went downstairs, I had a bowl of cereal, he came back, he's like, Yeah, I spent a hundred dollars. I'm like, What do you mean? <laughs> like, how that quickly? he's like he just got, like kyle just is like with with cards he's just like gotta go all in but uh he did say like i mentioned i, I vaguely as you're describing it, i'm remembering the things that he was saying about it he, he did he did like the format let me ask you this um before we i know we kind of tangent it off uh the fighting game community which I'll, i definitely have some some thoughts on uh how is because this is my favorite format of of any card game how is sealed how does that play into magic arena
0: um so they don't have as far so as far as I've seen, there's no sealed as in you get six packs make a deck. Mm-hmm. There is draft.
1: Okay. How does so, that
0: so um it's either you most of the time you have to pay real money or okay. you pay in coins, but you have to get a lot of coins to pay. Okay. So um the one that I did was you they have so for when the new set Zendikar came out, they had yeah. some kind of special where it was like pretty cheap to draft. Um, you can either draft a bot and just just draft and keep your cards. Mm-hmm. You can draft uh, people against people, and then you can draft. There's like premier draft, which is uh, I think it's you get a little prizes are a little bit better, but you you pl- you play until you lose three times. Okay. And then every win that you get, you get more prizes. So that draft I won enough gems to get another draft, basically. That's, so I, yeah. I bought a draft. Um so I had enough coins, redeemed the coins, and then I got enough gems and I bought a draft. So um basically it's it's the same way you would draft in person. You you get three packs, you mm-hmm. crack a pack, uh, you pick what you want, it's a kind of timer, and you take the card and then you just keep moving and then the packs rotate, and then you open your second, rotate, you open your third, rotate, and then you make your deck, and then you play. So it's a a blast. Um, I don't know if they have, like, traditional sealed yet. They might might do it. I just haven't seen it yet. It might be, like, a special thing. But draft is something that they have all the time. And then they have standard ranked and not ranked. um, For the drafts? Uh, for like sixty card.
1: Death. Oh, for like for constructed. Okay. Yeah,
0: they do have rank stand uh draft too. So you are you do oh, you cool. can you can rank, and then at the end of the season, which I think is a month, you get prizes. Okay. So that could be more coins or gems or packs, and then you can draft more, make your deck better, and That's um, sad. they have um, so a lot of the, one of the popular formats in Magic is EDH or Commander. Right. Yeah. And. Yeah, yeah. They made a format called Brawl, which is like a standard version of Commander, so you can play okay. that on there, and then you can play Historic, which is every set that they've had on Magic Arena, which only goes back to maybe like three years, four years.
1: Oh, so, so Magic Arena is not all the Magic cards.
0: No, it doesn't go all the way back from to like uh, Black Lotus okay. days. Okay, uh, they're slowly introducing older sets to like to add in. They are call them remastered. Oh, really? Uh, so I think Kaladesh is about to come out, and the Kaladesh came out maybe like 2015 or 16. That's awesome. So it's they're I think they're, I don't know how far they want to go back, but they are going back further and further. But it's very. Um, it reignited my love for magic and standard.
1: I mean, you got me kind of wanting to. So to update this app and load into it, which is which is bad because I've managed to stay away from, from card games for a long time because I, I know myself with them. That it's my literally first gaming like thing, you know, because I, I definitely considered uh TCG's part of gaming. Um
0: oh wait the best part though? Yeah. So if you buy not every like booster pack in real world has this, mm-hmm. but if you buy um so they make what each set, they make like a, what they call a planeswalker deck. Mm-hmm. and those are, uh, like, themed, I guess, and they're I've supposed seen, to be yeah, for I've seen supposed so to be new players to play. They're, like, uh, good, it,
1: good, like, like themed starter decks, like, hey, this is this character. It kind of introduces, yeah. like, the hero the hero cards. I guess, I don't it, know if that's the word. Exactly. Problem, but, yeah. No, it's yeah. exactly that. Okay. Uh,
0: but in that is an arena code where you can unlock the deck.
1: Oh, no shit, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, and then in the pre-release kits that they, that they sell... Uh, so pre-release to play in a pre-release at a store would normally cost you like 20, 25 bucks Mm -hmm. and you would get a promo dice and six packs. Yeah. But now you also get an arena code and that arena code is six packs. Mm -hmm. So essentially you're getting 12 packs, six real world, six digital, and you can play that way. So magic is giving like wizards is giving you a lot of opportunities to get packs in the real world. Mm -hmm. So you essentially, you sort of break even, Okay. Which is kind of nice, and a lot of the, the uh, like those theme decks go on sale, or when like the sets rotate out and stores want to clean out, you can get like there's like an arena starter I think you can get now for like six bucks, and That's the, not bad. the cards in it are because you get matched against people who are like similar rank to you,
1: good. That so you, you can,
0: yeah. so you can play with like bad decks essentially against the same people who have bad decks. And then the five starter decks that they give you in Arena are actually pretty... Like, the white one's pretty good, and so is the red one. So you can mix and match, and then make your own deck. And then eventually, as you grind and grind and grind, there's a... Like, the the one that I made was, like, mono-red aggro. And that's Mm -hmm. been my, like, standard deck to play, because it's, it's easy. I don't need any of the lands. I just need basic lands, and then whenever I need to use my wild cards, I use them to make... The red cards, and then I, I basically grind and grind until I can make better decks that oh, way. But man. it's fun; it's I'm, a blast. I'm,
1: uh, I got the itch. Do you remember? Do you remember back in the day during on? I think onslaught block was the last time I played Magic. Um, onslaught. I had like a modified like Goblin Sly deck that had like I had the Blistering Fire Cats. I I had literally I had the deck stacked that was so aggro. I think I could win. I was consistently winning like turn 4, I think turn 4, turn 5. Uh like pretty pretty regularly at that point from what I remember. Um and it's honestly like that's the the funny thing about that is whenever there is like I always I almost never play aggro in in TCGs, like it just wasn't my style like ever. I would always go for control or denial. Um or I would do there was I remember uh there was a I forget what exactly was i like big beats and like like high life like i had like an elf deck that just had like fat creatures and then i would just have like i think it was like well wisher where it it was like tap like gain life based on each level so i would just like essentially create a wall to where you you had to decide were you going to try to stop me from getting an absurd amount of health or were you going to actually put a dent in the in the big creatures that i had um it was a blast because i was just i i never i never liked going meta i mentioned goblin sly and, and aggro and stuff like that which was was kind of meta at the time but uh there was that's the one really cool thing about about magic is you had a lot of room to create janky weird stuff that you would show up with at league and people would be like what are you doing why why is this like this i can't win and uh those are those are the best times but man i i kind of i kind of what is there a, let me ask you this is there and i think i've asked you this before too did they finally come out with, like, a mobile version of Magic Arena? It's coming out next year. Next year? They still don't have it.
0: No. It, it's on Mac now. Okay. And it's on PC. Okay. Um, the mobile version, I think, was supposed to come out this year, but got Man. delayed because of COVID, and it'll come out next year. Um, okay. it'll. Yeah. I think they're just trying to perfect it so that way it syncs well with your account and stuff. Got it. Um, it's solid. And then, too, so Wizards lately has been making too good of cards in standard so they're banning a lot of cards. <laughs> of course. If, if you own a banned card, yeah. When it gets banned, you get a free wild card of that rarity.
1: Oh, very nice. That that's a good way to handle it honestly. I remember um in the first errata wave for Hearthstone. Um I remember they like they basically let you in hindsight, it feels kind of crappy, but like when you look at it, they're like, they would let you, I think they would let you break it down for the max value, like the crafting cost. Cause I think normally in Hearthstone, you break down for half the dust value of what it would cost to like craft the card. Um, but they like for like a week or two or whatever it was, they would let you, you know, disenchant or whatever they called it for, uh, for full value. But getting, getting to keep the card for, for legacy play and then just getting a, a wild card is kind of nice. I, so how popular is, Magic Arena because I feel like that deal is really good, and especially with you know uh, COVID and twenty twenty being what it is, I feel like way more people would be drawn to be playing online and stuff like that. Has it has it done well? Is, is there a good oh, yeah. player population? It's good. Okay, right. it's I, I would
0: hope boomed in COVID. Uh, mm. I because I was talking to my friends at the who on the card store by me, yeah. and yeah, yeah. they're like, it's the Arenas like bump like paper is not doing terribly, but mm. a, a Arena is keeping the game alive it's booming
1: i've uh i've always kept like a periphery knowledge of of TCGs just because like i i haven't played one seriously in about in like i would say 10 years but i i just i know there's something about it like it never it never leaves you so i always i watch a lot of youtubers and stuff about like the economy and and uh and stuff and i always have a little bit of a knowledge through uh gino shout outs to gino but um x-guardian x-guardian forward four, 4, 4 to 8 to 8 to 6. Um, god bless him but uh so yeah I've, I've always kept and you know i always talk to you about it as well but it's i don't know there there's there's a charm there's a really is a charm to it i find myself sometimes for no other reason like i watch people like review like deck boxes and stuff because i i always like the accessories we had like in the early 2000s were so in hindsight they were so primitive they felt great at the time we we're like oh this is awesome Got my ultra pro deck box let's go uh but like the stuff they have now it just makes me be like man i think i think i have too much of an, an addiction to accessories i think is really what it is and and trading card games let you uh delve deep into that for sure
0: um do you want to you want to jump into the topic of the day and then revisit fighting let's games and destiny All right. yeah yeah let's do that. so topic of the day i was talking to you about it and we're we're exchanging videos for past few weeks. Yes. Has to do with collecting. So. Mm. Not just TCGs. Like. Talking video games. Whatever. Comic books. Anything. Right now. In. November. 2020. There is a bubble. Okay. And. I, normally. I thought. That this was just a. A bubble. Like in the community. Mm-hmm. But. When I, so I on YouTube so on YouTube, I have like my playlist. I have my retro gaming, I have my TCGs, I have my news, um, I have like history ones, and I have uh, this these people that do like, like economics videos, and they talk about like oh the economics of France and how the country runs and blah blah blah. So, mm-hmm. um, they made a video called oh, and also this company man covered pokemon too. yes
1: it's a good channel
0: but uh yeah he did an episode on pokemon like a couple weeks ago oh nice I haven't um, seen that yet. it's it's pretty good but this one channel called economics explained usually just talks about economics and like supply and demand and finance and all that stuff mm-hmm. so boring if you're not into it but um i love
1: that stuff so i'll definitely check it out
0: they they made an episode about pokemon cards and the bubble and I was like, whoa, it was like if these guys are doing an episode on Pokemon cards, like this is something. I so the last time you were on, the week after, I had my buddy Vintage Pokemon Hunter. Uh check him out, Vintage Pokemon Hunter, on Instagram. And he was a he's a guy I knew for a while, and he started getting into Pokemon collecting again back in like 2013. And Whenever I find, like, old cards or something, I, like, hit them up and be like, hey, do you need this before I throw it on eBay? <laughs> and usually we make a deal. But he um, he was telling me that all the old stuff from, like, the Wizards of the Coast era, card-wise, mm-hmm. even old um, 1998 to 2000, 2001 era Pokemon stuff is so hot right now. And I'm talking, like, the 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 macaroni and cheese boxes? What? Like the Kraft mac and cheese boxes, the Kraft mac and cheese like singles, like the like the pieces of yellow American cheese. If you have the wrappers or the box that it came and in? The cheese? Yeah, dude, the Chef Boyardee when they made it, it came in like for Pokémon Red and Blue the game. There was a red label and a blue label. If you have those sealed that aren't like super rusted, people will Drop 100 200 bucks on those for, and buy a, a for a
1: wrapper for cheese, that's
0: wild for but for Chef Boy or Decans, uh, Pokemon like anything Pokemon from that era is hot right now. There's uh, the old Tomy toys like the Japanese toys that they repackaged into the Hasbro, they used to come in like a two pack with like the Master Ball that was clear. I remember uh, that. the ball remember blasters, that. yeah. Those are super hot. Like wow. Pokemon, old Pokemon is very, very hot right now, and it uh, Pokemon cards. So cards, we- I know. Are
1: I've seen so much come out about that recently. A lot of just from from YouTube alone. I mean, even uh, you know, even just my my like I said, my little peripheral. Kind of my own little bubble of uh, of YouTubers and stuff that I that I watched and stuff. I, I noticed that Pokemon was was back into it. Uh, Kyle even brought it up to me too, independently of it. Um, so but but gotta continue. Tell me the, of the rest so, of it. So uh,
0: so Pokemon cards. Uh, right now, about a year ago, there was a set called Hidden Fate. Oh, actually no, scratch that. Do you remember? Maybe like three four years ago. Um, I bought I bought those two fat packs. I remember that. yes. and we did like a sealed thing. Yeah, and they were there was a set called Evolutions, which is basically like a reprint and like, yeah, remodernized version of the Watsy cards. Yeah, I've seen. that. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I so supp- got those. supposedly it started with that, and that reignited some kind of fuel in people. Okay, and since then, Pokemon's been on a steady up and up. But this past year, since COVID, Pokemon is like skyrocketed in popularity again. And all the people who had cards 20 years ago want to get them again. Mm -hmm. And the newer cards that that they're coming out with, Pokemon, so a year ago a set called Hidden Fates came out. (laughs) Pokemon does this weird thing. Unlike Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh! And any of the other ones. As far as I know. I, I know Magic doesn't really do this. Mm-hmm. They kind of do, but not so much. Pokemon made this limited print run uh, set called Hidden Fates. It was a small set. And in it, they put a bunch of chase cards. Mm, okay. They put, like, Shinies cards in there. There was a Shiny Charizard. There was a Shiny Evolutions. And the set was just widely regarded as a very good set. So, a lot of people wanted it. But the okay. print run was so small... It was very very hard to get and they you only so here's what pokemon the d- company does you're only able to buy them you can't buy them in booster boxes you can buy them in these those like blister packs those, that they like, make
1: mm, yeah i've seen stuff like that yeah or tins oh they brought the tins back I, yeah
0: I, you I, can buy dude, them in pokemon big on the tins
1: dude i love tins i don't know if it was i think do you remember when we were playing Oh? the tins were like legit that was like oh yeah I think the tins came, what did the tins even come with? Was it, it was like a special, it was like a variant art foil.
0: It was the promo foil and it and was like a, a few packs. Like yeah. Yeah.
1: But the, just, but the thing was the, for the, for being able to put your extra cards in, cause you were a kid, you know, as a kid, you're like, uh, you know, you're not thinking like, oh, I should put these in like long boxes and like, you know, you're just like, all right, what can I shove in a backpack? Like that's, you know, the, the long boxes are plain looking like, let me get the tins. Those look nice. Um, I remember, there's something about tins. It's very, it's a very attractive package for whatever it is. Like you just, you want to buy it. You're like, Ugh. so
0: Pokemon Company did that, and that's
1: smart, very smart. Hidden... I have, I have a theory. Whenever we're done, I definitely have a theory as to why Pokemon has a bubble right now. So, but
0: hidden, so hidden Face boomed. Yep. So the sets that came after it, Sword and Shield, released uh, their set, the base set for that, and now. Uh, About a month ago in September, there was a set called Champion's Path, which was another type of hidden fates deal. You can only buy them in the blister packs. You can only get the tins. No, you couldn't even get the tins. They didn't make tins. They uh, they were essentially fat packs. Okay. Uh, They call them um, uh, something boxes. I'm blanking on the name. But um, they are essentially what Magic would call fat packs. And that was the only way to get Champion's Path. And they put two Charizard Chases in there, a Shiny one and a VMAX one. Both of them were going and are still going for, eight, I think, $600 and 800 respectively. Jeez. So That's and, from a year ago. Yes. And um, oh, Elite Trainer Boxes, ETBs, that's what they're called, Elite Trainer God, Boxes. Got it. And, no, these are from two months
1: ago. Oh, what? And they're, and, they're- yeah, yeah valuing the the singles that high
0: yes the one from a year ago the charizard in there goes for about i think six hundred dollars still but the ones from the as far as last i checked the elite trainer box champions path that came out in september the two charizards go for i think 600 and 800 respectively now maybe a little higher
1: bananas kyle was telling me i was i was talking to him because i i mentioned he was he was telling me some random stuff And I was just like, yeah, like, you know, me and Mikey got the fat packs. Like when we got, I think it was, what was it? The the reprint uh, one where they they had evolutions. Um, Apparently the Charizard from that
0: is worth a good amount. So if you have it, so this is what's bonkers,
1: right? Because I have the Charizard. I have one too. I'm looking at it. I pulled one from that, from that fat pack.
0: If you have it and you graded a PSA 10, Mm -hmm. it's three grand.
1: That's nuts. If you have
0: it loose, ungraded, it's about 50 bucks.
1: Okay. So they they people are people are very specifically chasing like the perfect
0: like the, Yeah, the, if the you best have best. the re, if you have the reverse hollow where like the rest, the card is hollow but the picture's not, mm-hmm. that I think is two hundred bucks. Okay. Um but the so here's the crazy part. So Champions pass is supposed to get reprinted and everybody's like the demand's gonna go down. My buddy Vintage Pokemon Hunter, he goes to every morning he goes to Targets and Walmarts when they open. Mm-hmm. And he always films it on Instagram Live, the line of scalpers just waiting for the stock to be put out. No way. There's so many scalpers that it's insane. And my buddy at the card store is like, I have to hide them. And when scalpers come in, like you could tell when the scalpers come in, you're like, no, I don't have them. But when like a little kid comes with his mom, he's like, hey, do you have these? Like he sells it to the kid because he's like, I don't want somebody to get screwed out
1: because this scalper Exactly. Wants to just make a buck. Exactly, because that's what that's what it's about. You know, like when we were kids, when we were playing Pokemon and stuff, like it was. That's what it was. It was just this exciting thing. It was. It was a phenomenon. It was. It was probably like I think. I'm trying to think of what I mean aside from like TikTok, at, like a certain in terms of like universal fads where, like mainstream news is covering. You know, stuff like that. I feel like Pokemon was one of the last like that era was one of the last of, like, the fads when things got, you know, mega, mega popular. I might be blanking on something else that I'm I sure somebody will remind me of. Right. I think you're right. I think it was Pokemon. Tremendous. Pokemon was, like, for anyone who who wasn't around, you know, when, when that came out or, or didn't, you know, it wasn't really popular, where you were, it, like, I can't even express what happened. I went to the local mall. I remember this um, because my friends had it at school, and I didn't have the game yet, like right at launch. But my birthday was was close after, and I remember my mom and my grandmother. Like I really wanted to get the game, and I told them I was like, "Hey, I really want to get this game," and they would, you know, they were always good with that stuff. Like they always they always managed to deliver. Um, But for Pokemon, uh, because I used to collect. Power Ranger stuff, like way back in the day. So they were kind of already familiar with the collection type stuff then. But for Pokemon, I remember we bought the. I was there with them when they bought the game, and I just, I they were like, "Hey, we're getting this. But you have to wait for your birthday." And I was like, "All right, fine," because the game was like selling out left and right. Like,
0: yeah, I like couldn't get a twitter Us. Yeah,
1: like it would just always be sold out. I remember the, the day that they picked it up, there was a tournament in the mall. Line was wrapped through the whole bottom of the mall, like complete separate wing. Um, for Pokemon, like I was po- there Pokemon was that's right you didn't mention you were the there so we, we may have there. like crossed paths uh, even years before but it's uh, it's one of those things where the the immensity of the Pokemon craze in the late 90s was like absurd like there was nothing quite like it like you're even saying like a like a wrapper for cheese is going for you know hundreds of dollars like that's how that's how massive like the whole thing was
0: Pokemon may be as popular right now or more than back then.
1: That's that's crazy. I believe it's it.
0: Just, it's just everybody like knows what it is, so the mainstream media is not covering it. Exactly. But yeah. Now, so for those of you who don't know, Pokemon is was made in Japan in around ninety six, came over to the United States about ninety eight. Uh, The video game is what started it all, then it had the cartoon, and then it evolved from there. Um, The company, Wizards of the Coast, which makes Magic the Gathering, which we were talking about before, took the licensing for Pokemon cards from the Pokemon company in Japan to distribute in the United States. So, Wizards made a set called Base Set, which was the original set that we got here. Mm-hmm. And the chase card at the time was Charizard. It was the best card in the set, and that's what everybody wanted. Fast forward 20 years later, what Wizards of the Coast used to do when the first printing of that, they used to put a stamp called First Edition. All it said, all it was, was a little stamp in the corner that says First Edition. And it just marked that, that card was, that, that that was the first print run. So, fast forward to today, you have people and Logan Paul, the f- famous YouTuber, I have no idea what Logan Paul is famous for, mind you. I just know he's an influencer and he's famous from YouTube.
1: He's so. famous for like shock value kind of stuff. He, I think his original claim to fame was from Vine. Um, I don't know if you remember for those who don't know Vine don't know. before it literally was it was essentially a shorter version of TikTok it was six seconds um, and people would just you know make funny funny things uh, you know it initially started as like a social network but then it just became a place for people to just be funny and humorous on much much like is. Um, so but he would do like shock value stuff and so he, he became a YouTuber but he already had a following from Vine
0: he has nothing ago. to do with PewDiePie
1: no I mean, PewDiePie has talked about him because PewDiePie sort of was a YouTuber, a gaming YouTuber that sort of became like a critique on, you know, the world and modern, you know, social, uh, you know, things that would go on between. Got it. So, yeah.
0: So, Logan Paul, about a month ago, or this past month, he bought a first, he purchased a first edition box. I saw that. A sealed box first edition cards mm-hmm. and I think he paid I think he he's the record for the price right now I think he paid almost 250,000 dollars yeah that's... or, or 200,000 dollars, something crazy like that's that wild and um he opened it up on his channel and I think he was so a lot of the here's what a lot of the big youtubers do for pokemon cards so some people like Leonhardt and Pokerev, they had the bright idea years ago to buy up these boxes when they were cheaper. Mm. And what I mean by cheaper is like a first edition box four years ago was going for ten grand. Yeah,
1: that's this, a, that's still not cheaper, but in right. high, in comparison. Yeah.
0: And an unlimited box, which is not first edition stamp, was going for two, ten, yeah. a thousand, two thousand dollars. So they were buying and then the sets that came after, too, are now starting to creep up in price, too. But they, they've they started buying up boxes. And when new sets would come out, they'd buy a bunch of boxes, hold them. And, like, with that set I was telling you about Hidden Fates, they bought a bunch, held them, and then they opened them up on their channel. Leonhard doesn't do this, but PokéRev, and I know a few others do it, they have, like, a... Not, like, Patreon, but, like, a subscription service to their website. And they're... They will... Like you have the opportunity to buy the packs from them at a like a certain price mm. so he'll have a um he'll have a box of like base set right and he'll say i paid twenty five thousand dollars or whatever for it i'm gonna there's thirty six boosters in a box I'm gonna sell each one for um you know a thousand dollars or to make my money and then some so I could buy more yeah and then people. And then people would buy them. And then the thing with Pokemon cards is you can weigh them. And if they have a higher weight, there's a higher chance that there'll be a foil or a holographic in them. So what a lot of times people get scammed on on the internet, on eBay, is when they buy packs off eBay, people weigh them. And they put the lighter weight packs. Yeah. And they sell them and people pay astronomical amounts of money for a card that's worth 50 bucks
1: exactly yeah that's got me
0: so when you buy from these youtubers they open the box in front of you live and then they say okay perk three packs and he'll open it up and be like all right you got this and it's random shuffles the packs everything and it says what you get what you get sometimes you get shit sometimes you get good stuff
1: okay so, so he goes hey you bought this pack so this is your pack so i'm gonna open this this and this yep
0: yeah, he writes your name on a on a ziploc he say perk You're up, three packs, and you watch live stream. He opened them up. He doesn't weigh them, nothing like that. Gotcha. And you know that they're real. You know that they're authentic. And then he'll tell you, too. Be like, oh, this common card is, you know, worth PSA ten thousand dollars This, uh, you know, this might not be a foil, but this card is worth $2,000. So you might make your money back. You might lose money, but, like, he'll, he'll be honest with you, be like, oh you got a foil this is worth whatever and he puts it in a nice sleeve for you in a case and they protect it and they ship it to you
1: that's so, an interesting way to do it that's actually kind of that's really smart because that, that seems to probably be the most legit way that you could do it because otherwise you would never know if they were giving you you know this way you can watch your video and go okay I got this card this card this card and this card and when you get your cards you're like alright these are the cards here they are like you know
0: exactly interesting. and you know you're not getting screwed yeah That's pretty cool. you know you're not getting any fake because this other thing that happened, uh, this might have been like two weeks ago even, or maybe the past week, Leonhardt. Leonhardt's another... uh, He's probably the biggest Pokemon YouTuber. He just crossed a million views. Um, He does some voice acting for like One Piece and some other animes. But he... He was present. There was a... uh, I forget what the, the channel's called. It was like something... Something money, where like you basically just don't care about your money and just you just buy whatever <laughs> I, that's the term, I just don't know what it's um something money, but whatever, so Lehardt was there, and some other guy in the Pokemon community was there to authenticate the box, so this guy was buying a box, and there was a bunch of people there. he had three hundred thousand dollars in cash in a briefcase. Genius. He had a security guard with him. And he brought the box to this location. Everybody was there. Everybody was masked up. And uh then the the seller representative came with the box. They brought for the first edition base set box. They brought it there. And they're like, Alright, we're gonna open it live on camera to verify that it's real. And what he was gonna do was he was going to buy it and then he was going to open it. And then sell the insides for charity.
1: Okay, cool idea. So, <laughs> so yeah, sounds so, like it's going in a bad way, in a bad direction. There.
0: Yeah. So that that was the intent. Here goes. I'm gonna we're gonna open the box live to verify its contents, verify it's real because the easiest um, Pokemon box to fake is first edition base set, and base set.
1: That's interesting that it's easy to fake despite it being the most I mean I, I, I'm assuming just the easiest it's, one to fake. It's the most desirable ones and it's probably the most experience that they've uh, they so, have going for it.
0: I'll get into in a second why it's easy to fake those but um, they open up the uh, so th- there's like a pressure test and you can see like the um, the tops of the wrappers to see if they're long stems. Mm-hmm. So they did that, and then they open it. They take out the first pack, second pack, like, everything looks good, and they're like, wait a minute, that pack's the wrong color. That Ooh. pack doesn't have a first edition stamp. This pack is opened.
2: Oh, that's good. And then sad. they
0: they took out the pack that was open, and like inside was a Goldeen, which was in the jungle set, which was in the set after. Right. And yes. people were like, this is fake. And then they look, and then immediately somebody gets on the phone with the seller and they're like, hey, you have a fake box. So the guy's like, I'm not buying this, obviously. But yeah. there was if they didn't do it on camera in front of all these people, that was a very sticky situation that they could have been in because yeah. it's just $300,000. This is supposed to be the record transaction. And uh, they so they, they looked at it and the box was fake. So to fake a box... Wizards of the Coast, now and after, they have a special plastic wrap that they put around their boxes. It has the Wizards logo.
1: The little, yeah, the little ribbon in there. I've seen those.
0: And it says Wizards of the Coast on the plastic wrap all over the place, stamped. Yeah. Um, I'll actually post a picture of a Wizards of the Coast box on Instagram when this episode goes up so people can see what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah. I and, remember that because we, we had shrink wrap machines whenever, I, you know, every, every most a lot of retail jobs, especially if you've worked at like a game store and anything like that, I'm sure you've you've had like a shrink wrap machine in the back and they're not, they're not insanely expensive to to get one, especially if you're trying to scam people out of stuff. Um, but yeah, that's, I I always appreciate the lengths that companies go through to kind of be like, Hey, this is the authentic, this is the way that you know that this is a legit product and stuff like that.
0: Yes. And they, um, so, like, the, the box was fake, and everybody's like, well, you know, you have to know what you're looking for. Like, sometimes the weight of the packs, because it's very easy to, to vacuum seal and reseal the packs. Yeah. yeah, Especially when they're 20 years old. It's not, yeah. like, fresh and crisp. Right, right. Um, and the card faking technology has gotten better mm. with the way the cards are printed and which way they're fake. Because back when we were playing Pokemon cards and the cards were fake... Essentially, somebody was printing them on cheap cardboard, and, like, you can clearly tell that it was a fake card. Yeah. But now, you need a... Um, whenever I go to the card store here, and like somebody's trying to sell a... Um, yeah. The they have ju- a jeweler ju- a jeweler loop. Yeah, I've seen that. Because old Wizards of the Coast um, printings, they have these little, like... Uh, they're, like, stamped in like, a diamond formation.
1: Yeah, I think they, there's a term for that that totally slips my mind. It's, like, rubying or something like that, or, or some... Like it's like a Prisma like effect. Like there's like a pattern, the like way yeah, that like the, exactly. the ink dots were like you know mm-hmm. imprinted on the cardboard.
0: And they this so that's what they're checking for. And with um, the stuff, the fakes that are coming out now, it's very very easy to replicate them. So it's getting harder and harder to people to spot. So the so somebody found this fake box. So it made a big deal and made the rounds online because people were like, hey. You, If you're spending, if you're literally have a briefcase that could buy a home.
1: Yeah, exactly. That
0: could buy a house. You should like know what you're looking for. And a lot, the problem is a lot of the influencers, a lot of people don't know what they're doing. So when somebody like Leonhardt, they have to bring him there because he knows what he's doing and what he's looking at. And it's like, if, and if you're, you know. I don't think anybody should be spending $300,000 on cardboard,
1: but I don't either. The, um, <laughs> I was just going to say like the, you know, the collective, like I understand why, but I, and we'll get into that in a second, but it, it's yeah, definitely it's a sketchy thing.
0: The, um the, uh, there was a rapper, I think his name is iconic? iconic. He actually had the record. He bought a first edition PSA 10 grade Charizard And I believe he paid $350,000 or $300,000, if I'm not mistaken.
1: That's nuts.
0: Yeah, he made the headlines uh, for the record. So he set the precedent for now what a first edition PSA 10 Charizard is worth. So if you have one or any Pokemon cards, now is the time to sell. Don't buy. Yeah. Do not buy. Do not hoard. Do not hold. If you have them sell them because Definitely. they will not be this price ever again. I promise you that it is a bubble. It is. This is the same thing that happened with comic books in the resurgence of comic books in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. This is what happened with baseball cards.
1: I was going to say like that's that's my big thing of, like I I the completely look at this and I'm like Oh, this is our generation's, like, Babe Ruth rookie card and stuff like that, or Michael Jordan rookie card and stuff like that. Like, that's that Charizard first edition, or there's, like, the Shadowless one first edition. Um, That's the Michael Jordan, Babe Ruth, whatever whatever player you want to call it from whatever generation. That is the the card. I saw some, one of them, I was watching some of the videos. One of them had, like, a pillow of the Charizard card, and I was like, that's actually kind of cool. I kind of want that. Um, but it's like, but that's really a thing. Like I remember in like middle school, I think it was like, it was like in fifth grade or sixth grade or something like that. Um, I remembered like a couple of my friends had Charizards and I was just like, damn, I don't have Charizard. I had Zapdos. I had Chansey. I had, I had a lot of foils and stuff. Like we would, I, we didn't even play the game that much, which is funny. Like we just kind of collected it and had them. Uh, which was the funny the funny parts of it but uh
0: i didn't know how to play time with the league did you really <laughs> i re- yeah. oh man
1: i remember that that takes me back actually the little they gave it the little the little pamphlet that they would stamp i have the, badges uh, for the league and stuff yeah oh, I, took I used that, to, seriously i used to do the stamps uh at wizards it was fun i felt i felt like an like an official when I was doing that. I was like 16 or whatever it was. It was a good time.
0: I have my badges. (laughs) I have all the way up through... I have all the Kanto and I have six of the eight Johto. That's awesome. Before my store closed down. That's awesome. Um, They they, still at Toys R Us too. They did. Toys R Us had a big league They had tables
1: in the back that you can go to. I remember that was fun times.
0: Um, They... I was never allowed to go to Toys R Us to play but I was allowed to go to the hobby shop. I don't know
1: why but... I I I went with my My friend, I would hang out with him, and his mom would take us, or my mom would take us um, to the league. I remember you would go in and like there was like a little special section that they had, like one of those little little like roped off areas, uh, and they had just had a couple tables um, and then it was just like, like it, it was so it was so new that it was it was just raw, like it was just what it was. They were like, all right, just sit down and play the, the game and tell us who won like there was no (laughs) you didn't it was really an interesting time because you didn't need any there was no other issues with it it was just like did you win all right i saw you win like no that's not the rule like there's a judge there a person who was like an employee who their job to know the rules going hey no you can't do that like it's such an interesting thing nowadays because with like competitive gaming and stuff today the game handles everything for you like you you the, the game won't let you play a card you know, if you're if you're talking about like magic or like the Pokemon game and stuff like that, like it's actually easier to learn, I think, through digital forms, just because the game tells you what you can and can't do. Yes, hundred percent. Um, magic room is the best way to learn how to play magic. You would have squabbles. You would have squabbles with people going, "No, I didn't do that. No, I, I you put that card down." It was it was funny, to, like in hindsight, to like look back on that stuff because that was that stuff came up right before like the internet age where things like had more of like a, like a ledger, more of like a recorded nature to them. Um, it was, it was just interesting. It, it literally like stuff like that. I, one, I, I hope that in the future, my, you know, my post COVID dream is that like, we kind of go back to going out. Like, you know, people go out to like either hobby stores more or like downtown areas and stuff like just, you know, once, once it's safe to do so obviously. But, um, I do kind of hope that stuff comes back cause there's a lot of charm to it that is really? hard hard to explain to someone that that didn't grow up during that era or experience it or why it was magical but for the bubble it makes so it makes total sense to me when when i saw videos and stuff pop up i'm like of course it is because it's you know this year's been rough for you know for a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons and uh pokemon is something that sort of transcends age like it used to be there was a certain point where you know as you got into high school, for especially for my age group, it was just like, Oh, you're still playing Pokemon? And we would kinda like make fun of each other for it. But it was it was one of those things where it, pretty much everybody, like everybody that I know, that even through all that, they were like, nah, like I'm still playing Pokemon. Like there's just something about it. Like you were just like, nah, I'm sticking with this. I'm not gonna maybe I'm not gonna be vocal about it. Maybe I'm not gonna talk about it openly at the time. You know, I, I know there's a lot more support for that stuff now, which is good. But at the time I think a lot of people still hung on to that and i i think it's good I, but you're to go back to what you're saying without a doubt it's a bubble that's going to break at a certain point um it's definitely the time to sell i mean maybe 50 years into the future the prices will rise again cuz there'll be people that are just looking for relics you know people i think the, the one of the other reasons for the bubble now is that there's there's people that didn't have the cards growing up maybe they you know their parents didn't want to get it for them or this that, and the other reason but they've got, you know, good paying jobs now. And they're like, okay, I've I've got a house I can survive. I've got everything else I want. But I just, that part of your childhood that never got, that box that you never got to, you know, to check off. You're like, all right, well, I do have the cash I could throw down on a Charizard, like first edition, like mint graded. And I could just have that and have that memory kind of like connect to the, to the to the youth of uh, of the person kind of thing. That's at least the way that I'm looking at it for a lot of these people that are like, you know, I never got to experience this, you know, when it was there, so now I can experience it again, the same, you know, the same object, but from a like a collector's point of view, you know, for an like an investment sake and stuff like that.
0: It's the same thing with a couple years ago with the retro video game craze.
1: Yes, that was definitely popping for like a while.
0: Um, it still is to some degree. I was talking to the the guy who works at the local retro store by me, and I was like, hey, have you seen a big, like, artificial bubble this, since COVID happened of people coming in and buying certain games and stuff? He goes, oh, yeah, mm. absolutely. He goes, more of um, N64, GameCube, PS1 xbox dreamcast type games i think we're at that point like gamecube is like the hot one right now that makes sense and you know it's this nintendo super nintendo it's kind of like whoever has them or wanted them has them yeah and whoever like just collected the flip you know either lost money or made money then like we're, we're just leaving the n64 kids now we're getting into the gamecube kids
1: I was gonna say, as you know, as generations move on, like it, everyone's gonna have their thing. I mean, at a certain point, it's gonna be the Wii games, or the, even the even even to the Wii U games or the Switch. At a certain point, it's gonna it's gonna keep the cycle is gonna keep going. I don't I don't ever see it really stopping because I I just think it's it's a commonality that a lot of people have. Like having something physical in your hands, you get a different appreciation for it than just if you buy even like the the SNES mini and stuff like that like those are awesome and and people love those and understandably so but i think it, like that's like layer 1 like layer 2 is really when you go in and you're just like okay i got the physical i have the physical game like this is the one you know this is that that copy of you know Whatever game it was, you know, for you for Super Nintendo or or whatnot, or you know, having that, like I said, the Charizard card and stuff like that, it's a very it's a very like visceral connection that you have with like the physical medium. That's why I think trading card games are still. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me one bit that they're um, that they're still popular. I just hope that they would continue to be. I hope that there's no uh, no stop to it because I think at a certain point you've got a legacy of things you're able to kind of keep it especially for things like magic and pokemon which are kind of the the ogs with that uh at a certain point if you're if you're able to as a company keep it going for that long you know why not keep it going if it's popular if people are enjoying it if they're getting something out of it i think it's you know it's a good thing the bubbles are concerning though definitely i'm with you on that like sell them if you got them
0: i'm I'm gonna explain what a bubble means in a second but what makes this so different, and I guess what a lot of people have, so a, a, a bubble, what we're talking about a bubble, is whenever there's a big craze, so a lot of people remember the what I mentioned before, the comic books of the 80s and 90s, uh, baseball cards, uh, the Ken Griffey Jr. upper deck card was the one that was like the chase card. Ken Griffey, I forgot about that one, yes. Um, the Beanie Babies of the 90s. Beanie Babies beanie babies
1: god i remember that
0: there's um as you know fads and trends and things happen there is a what happens is a bubble so uh a lot of people i guess in the u.s have heard of the housing bubble there's a student loan bubble there's a lot of bubbles what a bubble is is a when people get into this into something it it grows and grows and grows like a bubble and it just kind of gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and then what happens is that bubble eventually has to burst. So, um, about two years ago, three years ago, there was the um, the bubble for um, cryptocurrency.
1: Yes, I remember that.
0: Everybody's like, no, crypto is the, the future." Everybody's like, "Just wait, it's gonna go <laughs> down." Because
1: I remember, yeah.
0: The and the video games had a bubble, so more people buy into it. You, the price and the demand goes up, 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 uh, the supply shrinks, and then eventually you get to this point where the price is so outrageously high and the supply is so low that you just don't have any more people who want to buy it mm-hmm. or can't buy yep. it because it's so expensive, and then it bursts. And then prices drop, you lose money on your investment, Yep. and, everybody and then gets the out market... And then the market tanks and everybody sells. Yep. And everybody sells at a loss. Yep. So that's that's what a bubble is. And the with what what's going on now with Pokemon cards, and what a lot of people don't realize is there's a finite amount of first edition or even base set boxes out there that are unopened. Yeah. These people like Leon Hart, Pokerev, Pratt, they're all opening up boxes and they are putting, and so everybody wants to get PSA 10. PSA is the professional sports authenticator. Mm -hmm. They grade baseball cards and they're like the best of the best. So they... Is Beckett
1: still around? I'm sorry to to, to derail you. Yeah, Beckett's Beckett's second best. Okay, okay. I remember back in the day.
0: I think Beckett's better personally because Beckett gives you the individual grades for surface, corner, edge, and I forget the other one. Uh, Oh, centering. And they tell you the individual score for each one, and then they give you another one. Okay. Um, for, like, I know a lot of people use both, and one isn't necessarily better than the other, per se. I think Becky goes in a little bit more detail, but PSA is more widely used across different um, types of cards from baseball magic
1: pokemon you get like that, that makes sense yeah you kind of go with uh, what you go with what the standards are i mean generally that's always the thing i was just kind of curious i remember i remember back at, i think they had a, like a magazine that was did. either was quarterly fantastic or something or maybe monthly i don't know if it was monthly i feel like it was at least it was month. monthly it wasn't it? okay yep i definitely had a few i definitely had a few issues i remember the first time. those are worth money the issues are oh yeah no way I oh, yeah. definitely, definitely got some of those I remember the first time I wanted it I think it was at, like the supermarket my mom was finally like alright fine whatever Pokemon sure fine, cool whatever um, and I thought it was going to be a magazine just about like Pokemon itself and then I was just like oh they're talking about the value of the cards and I was like well that's interesting and I didn't know that but I learned something <laughs> like I didn't know there was going to be I remember seeing like a list I remember seeing I probably have a couple issues of uh, Beckett and a few others that were rating like black lotus for like 50 bucks or something like that i or, have or
0: uh inquest inquest magazine yes that's it inquest scry
1: um if
0: you have those old magazines that talk about trading cards they're worth they're worth some decent money i have like a pojo one about dragon ball i've like definitely pojo.com made a magazine
1: i didn't know they made a magazine that's awesome <laughs> they did i uh i've definitely got a few of those kicking around for sure they're definitely around um
0: but so when you when these people are opening up these cards they are for the most part gem mint. So prior to this the cards that were out there most of them were played with by kids so right. a lot of them were destroyed and beat up. So it was very hard to get that pristine mint card. Yeah, fine. I get that. But now everybody's opening up these boxes that they've had sitting around whatever and now you get more and more mint cards out there, so the market is going to be flooded. Maybe flooded, not like yeah. booming, but there's going to be there's more out there compared to like a Black Lotus, which is like Magic: The Gatherings for edition version of the first edition Charizard. Yeah. because Pokemon, I think base set had like a they went to like an eighth printing,
1: something like that.
0: Whereas uh, Alpha Beta and Unlimited had a a finite printing there was something po- like uh base. I just kept printing.
1: I was going to, I was going to say, I remember at a certain point that there was just the unlimited versions. And that's the, the first experience that I had with first edition. I was like, Oh cool. Like, you know, it's a little bit of an extra badge of rarity. Like, Hey, you're the first couple of prints. And then, you know, they do that for books and stuff as well. Um, but, uh, which is something that I, I actually sort of started getting into, but, um, first edition books first, just collecting books in general, just trying to go for first editions when possible um because uh, books are books are an interesting thing it's a, it's a big topic but um for the cards though it was interesting to see uh like at the at the playground like at the school table like at lunch there was no value we didn't even have double sleeving you had you had penny sleeves on a good day if you were lucky you had the ultra pros because ultra pro sleeves there was like three colors there was this like mud green there yep. was like red, and mud green. there was red, white, and black. So there was there was a couple more, but um, I remember having the mud green, and and even if you had sleeves, sometimes they'd be cut wrong, and you would have uh, sleeves that were shorter than the cards. I got a box yep. like that. That would just happen. You would just deal with it. You would just be like, all right, well, most of the card is protected. We're good to go. So it was it was interesting.
0: Yep. The uh, the old upper deck sleeves and they were bad compared to what they have today, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the these cars there's more and more of them out there, and as these people get open them, the supply of mint like unopened boxes is going to drop. So it's it's going to get to a point. Where it's like what are you willing to pay for it, and are you going to have? So there, Leon Leonhardt has a friend that he puts on the show. He calls him. Um, Pawn Star, something, Pawn, something about his, Gary from Pawn Stars, I think his name is. <laughs> and um, he's got, I think, like 10 or 20 PSA 10 first edition Charizards. Wow. So you already know that there's at least a supply of 20. Yeah. On top of the one that Conic has, like, you know how much are out there. And what PSA and Beckett do is they list out on their website how many that they've graded at that grade Interesting, so you know how many are out there in the world. That's kind of cool, yeah. So you kind of know the value, like you kind of put one on there. Good but it's doing that. but Pokemon, it's 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 great. Hey, if you're into Pokemon, it's good for you. But it's if you have cards, now is not the time to buy, now is the time to sell. Definitely, and if you want to buy and you're itching to buy, wait, just wait till next year, maybe the year after the bubble will, purr, will burst and the cards will be cheaper. They're not going to go back to being next to nothing like Beanie Babies. Right. But first edition Charizard will dip below
1: $100,000. You'll save hundreds or thousands depending on what cards you're looking for or what you're getting. 100%. I, I was going to say even even though that I'm not super well-versed in it, but just just looking at trends and, and kind of looking at observations like um, – people like pokemon cards because they're it's the same thing as like they used to call them in the old days they're called curios remember curio cabinets you never heard that that phrase Mm -hmm. um was basically like in the old days people would just get weird shit from like you know they're like oh this mask from you know somewhere in europe or this you know this dagger was used in the medieval ages and stuff and it would just be they were curios, short for curiosities like just relics of like the old world so to speak and um I think collecting cards and stuff has a lot in common with that um, because it's a it's a point at which uh, it's a physical totem of which you you kind of connect to a point in history. Right. And I I think on the other side of that for technology, I think is kind of a totem of the future. Like if you look at like a, you know, a beautifully designed cell phone, like a, a new phone that comes out, people are in wonder about it. They're always talking about it. There's, you know, there's thousands of videos people create millions of videos people create about um, these things. I, I think it's just as a human being, we, we love that stuff. Like those those things, those points in history and time are very attractive. But uh, I would almost even say if you wanted to collect, uh, what, I, what I was thinking of doing was actually getting some sets that aren't super old just yet, but are possibly some of the little bit more rare ones that nobody really cares about yet. Uh, but that, you know, in the future will be something that somebody cares about. Um,
0: That's what I'm trying to, um, for myself, I would like to collect one of every Magic card.
1: So I'm trying to complete sets. I remember that. And because yes. it's, it's fun, it's U- fun. Ultimately, don't buy cards because you think they're going to be an investment. Buy them because you no like or,
0: or. Right. But with Magic, you can do what people do is they make uh, there's a format called cube. I right that. yes, it's a, yeah, good, it's so, a, good, it's a good format basically cube is like 800 cards or so and you mix them up you shuffle them together and you you deal them out 15 cards randomly and you make like packs and then you draft them Mm. so it's always random it's always weird and there's usually like a theme so a lot of times people make cubes with like commons or cubes with like all legends or cubes with these sets or this block so it's kind of what I'm trying to do and Magic cards have also got... Everything's gone up in price, like, within the COVID. Mm. Um, So magic cards now, for sets that are worth... So there's a set called Ice Age that came out in, like, 95. Ice Age was printed to the moon. And you can get Ice Age packs up to about 10 years ago for $6. Now a box of Ice Age is about $600. Mm. And the entire set of Ice Age is worth probably $200. Interesting. Tops. And so you're paying, as Vintage Pokemon Hunter said on the show, you're paying for the sealed factor. You're paying for it because it's sealed.
1: You're paying for the, the air from the 90s or whatever it was that you were... The, yes. the, the whole experience. <laughs>
0: that's what you're paying for. Yes. And that's definitely. not... It's not worth it because there's no... So there's like... So if you get a pack of, like, Arabian Nights, which is an older Magic set, they're going for about four dollars or $5,000, which is pretty cheap compared to what Pokemon's going for. But the, the value of the cards in the set, I don't think there's any card that's worth $5,000, but it's like you're paying for the, the, the idea that you could get a $3,000 yes, card.
1: you're paying for Potential.
0: Yes. You'll never get the value, full value that you paid for the pack. Generally no. But you're paying for that like allure and just the mystery, which is, mm-hmm. it's not worth it. If you're ever going to buy cards, people, buy singles. Yeah. Always and forever buy singles. Like the new set, when a set just comes out, it's probably the best time to buy sealed product, like a box. Yeah. To crack it open, have fun with it, do whatever. Then, if you want to f- complete a set or do whatever, buy singles. But don't to collect. Don't buy boxes. It is not worth it unless it's brand new, because that's when it's going to be at its lowest price.
1: Yep, I I definitely agree. I mean, I so I love the idea of chase cards and of the rarity and stuff like that. I think honestly, it makes it I, fun. I, I think it's super fun. Like, there it's it's a weird juxtaposition because part of me is just like, wow, like a char a first edition charizard going for that crazy amount. That's like insane. By the same token, how many kids are morose you know realizing that they had that in middle school and it was at the bottom of their backpack for a week before they took it out and it was all bent up, and then they you know threw it away or didn't care about it like it happens a lot and i it just like it is what it is right that's just that's part of it, but at the same time, I think it's i think the the best thing to do is when you're when you're collecting something that is. You know a staple whether you know be kids you know the parents getting their kids into it or you know doing whatever like take care of your your product always i mean it, it's there's literally in 2020 there's no excuse to not have you know things sleeved up things put away um and things like that but i think the over the overindulgent obsession with being like like oh like you know the you saying like that that one uh rapper was just like yo i'm gonna buy this for three hundred thousand dollars If you've got $300,000 to blow, I mean, that's cool. And I think that that's fun for, you know, their audiences and stuff like that. to just kind of like be like, wow, like, you know, instead of buying like, you know, Gucci shoes, you're like, I want to buy a Charizard. Like, I think that's cool. Like, I think that's fun. Um, My my thing, my cautionary tale is like never, ever buy something that with the expectation that you're buying it now to save it for later. Because that's literally the Beanie Baby scenario. Mm-hmm. um with pokemon we we kind of just all bought it because we just liked pokemon that was that's really the thing is like we just genuinely enjoyed the product we we're like this is good we love this game we love this franchise this is great um but the, it can get to a place where you're just like no we're buying this because of this and like you know we're gonna get this and just never open it and stuff it's like eh, don't don't go that direction with it like if you if you can afford to and you can ha- keep a box sealed great I have a sealed copy of Pokemon Platinum because uh, it was my favorite Pokemon game. Even after I've played it to death, I found a copy at a random, you know, I think it was like a Toys R Us when they were sort of on their way out. And I was just like, oh, this is sealed. It's, you know, 20 bucks or whatever. Like, I'll grab this and just – I have no reason to open it. Just It's just like I know that I have a sealed copy of it. You know what I mean? Yep. So it, it's, it's definitely the thing. Definitely the thing uh- to do.
0: I, like you, also have the collector's mentality, but I recently... So, we you and I have collected things, for like, forever. I know you're yeah. always big into the collector's edition for video games. For sure, for
1: sure. Um, Which are, by the way, for that as well, even more so than cards. Buy those because you want the thing inside. They are never worth anything.
0: No. Yeah, 100%. Like, don't... If you're going to buy it to sell it, don't... It's no. not. Buy it because you like it, and that's... Exactly bit exactly um i've honestly stopped and trying to like sell the things that i've collected over the years mm-hmm. because it's just not worth it so like i give you an example like comic books i tried collecting comic books for many many times over the years yeah and then i went to the store the comic book store every week had my pulls and eventually I'd read them and they'd sit in the long box and they just take up space. And then eventually in need another long box and another yeah. one. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like okay. I'm never, I don't, I'm not going to read these again if I'm not for a long time. Yeah. And there's, it's just, it's going to take up space. And then, so I was like, all right, let me just get rid of them. So I went back to the comic book store. I was like, you give me anything for these? He goes, I'll give you 10 bucks. <laughs> I was like, I sp- literally spent, if you add up like how much it was, like three four hundred dollars on them yeah over time and he goes like 10 i was like all right whatever i guess yeah maybe just like my cousin he's um comics what they're doing right now is doing variant covers and they're doing rare 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 covers Mm. uh by certain people and they're like limited so the cover will come out and that issue of like venom number four will be worth a hundred dollars right versus the $3 one. Yeah, I um, bought some of those
1: in the past. I I bought. I was a big fan of um, Civil War variants and uh, Old Man Logan, so I got some variants of those.
0: Yeah, but, but those are like arcs, so that's like yeah. a different... Yeah. That's diff- yeah. Like It's not just like re- generic issue number right. whatever.
1: Right, not of a main run.
0: Yeah. Um, whenever a new character comes out, people are buying them up because they think that the f- they're going to be a popular character in 20 years and that, that issue is going to be worth something. Yeah. So there's like the leader of the symbiotes, uh, that issue is going for like fifty to hundred dollars. Uh, Joker's new girlfriend is going for I think fifty bucks, and they just came out within this past year. So for me, I'm like, I was like, I can't, like, I don't have any room for these comics. Yeah. So the best, the best thing, honestly, has been the Marvel Unlimited app. It's ten bucks a month, and you get every issue pretty much ever that Marvel put out. And you get new issues, but you're six months behind. So as long as you're okay with not being current, it's the best thing.
1: I was going to say, honestly, I kind of love that. Like my, the thing with like the new characters and stuff, it's like in, when they were making those comics, they didn't think that those things like, like a, a first issue of first appearance of, you know, Mr. Freeze is no different in ink and quality and, you know, substance than, you know, issue two of, you know, Mr. Freeze being, you know, featured. It's, that's one of those things that is it the determinant value is only showing itself in hindsight, and I yeah. I know that that's become sort of a sort of a, a factor, sort of like a tentpole, if you will, of like comic collecting and stuff. Where it's just like, oh, this character's first appearance, it's going to be valuable. Like I remember buying issue, I think I have issue like 600 of like Amazing Spider-Man because it was just like, oh, it was like a big deal or whatever. It was like restarting the, the franchise or the series or the, the origin i'm like okay fine buy, buy it if you like the cover buy it if you if you like the thing but like ultimately like the stuff that they with the amount that they print now it's and with the amount of people that are knowingly going into it preserving it just like with the pokemon cards where they're like hey there's like you know there's starting to be more you know gem mint you know uh versus charizards it dilutes the value. The more of them that there are, you know, there's a reason that Action Comics number one is worth so much money because there's like what three of them or four of them or whatever it is. Um, I think
0: I think in the world, I think there's
1: 21, 22. Okay, yeah, it's still that's you know, and that's, but that you're talking about something that dates back to what 1942 or something like that. 39. Oh, 39. 39. Uh, that's really old, and, and like that, that's a, that's its own thing. You know what I mean? Um I, I think a lot of stuff now is I feel like the stuff that'll probably be the most worth it is things that came out between the gaps of the bubbles. So I think like when Pokemon kind of yes. cooled off at you know in the earlier the mid 2000s I feel like that stuff might be valuable one day. Cause, so it's
0: funny that you mentioned that. Because when Wizards of the Coast, their last three sets that they brought out, mm-hmm. do you remember the e-readers on the on the Nintendo yes. Game Boy Advance, yeah, and the Pokemon cards had that little like stupid barcode at mm-hmm. the bottom, mm-hmm. so everybody thought they were stupid and nobody bought they them. They were, and that's when <laughs> that's when Pokemon was at its lowest.
1: Yeah, that was after that was right as the the big big bubble was cooling down.
0: So those three sets are probably the most rare sets besides first edition base set. Really, uh, a, a Sky Ridge, Aquapolis, and I forget the third one. Um, if you have been to have those sealed boxes, they're like twenty, thirty grand.
1: Jeez, wow. Yeah,
0: and okay. um, the cards inside too are, are quite valuable. But yes, you're 100 percent right. Like that, that era, like between the bubbles of Pokemon, like Pokemon had resurgence again in like the late 2000s when Diamond, Pearl, yeah. and Platinum came Diamond, out. Pearl, Pearl,
1: Platinum, as well as the um, Fire Red, Leaf Green. It was shortly on the heels of that.
0: Yep. So yeah, exactly. So. That was Watsy, like, had the license and around 2002, 2003, right before um, Ruby Sapphire came out, which mm-hmm. went back to the Pokemon Company. So that was about a lull period. Even the Ruby Sapphire cards, those are worth more than, say, uh, a Diamond and Pearl set. Right. Or a uh, Black and White set that right, came right, out right. later. Um, and. But but no, you're you're 100 right. I think the bubble period between the bubbles is where you'll find the gems still that people want. Um, but think about it now too. Anything anybody's opening up now, everybody's saving or getting graded. Right. Yeah. There's always gonna be gem and copy. Same thing with comic books. People are getting them um, CGC graded. And anytime there's a number one, or whatever, they they get it graded. They Get a nine point eight, and then congratulations, you have it. Right. There's like you know the 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 walking dead ended everybody's trying to get it graded the only ones that are worth anything are the first one and the first appearance of michonne
1: yeah that that because those e- are the e- ones e- that had e- limited e- print runs exactly that's that's always where i at least i from just looking at it and assessing it i'm like buy it when nobody cares about it when it's cheap and when you're having fun with it and you're just like remember that that's when you want to like buy stuff and be like oh cool a box for 50 bucks sure throw it in the closet like whatever you know if, you, if you're able to do that you know go for that at that point
0: i would love to a, a, own a copy of amazing
1: fantasy 15
0: for that's, spider-man
1: is that that's for spider-man that would be, that's yeah. pretty cool yeah
0: i would love to own that or i'd like to own amazing spider-man number one because back then everybody threw Mount out there wasn't that many out there. Yep. Even I'll even take a beat up condition as long as you the cover is like <laughs> legible. I don't care. It's Miss Amazing Spider Man yep. or Amazing Fan. I'll take it. Yeah. Um. I have. Uh, so I like Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel. And yes. When the movie came out, I, I thought Brie Larson did a great job. I liked the movie a lot. So I and I met her in person. So I have. Um. I got every first appearance of. Like Carol Danvers and mm-hmm. like Captain Car- 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 Carol Danvers, Miss Marvel, Warbird, Captain Marvel. And I framed them in a shadow box with my picture.
1: That's awesome. And her. Yeah. So that's I was a hanging up. That's like a complete experience in a thing. Like that's. Right. Exactly. So like that's, that's the kind
0: of stuff that I will like collect. And be like, okay, I have it. I want to like that's what I'm gonna keep. But like I don't need the long boxes anymore. I have, in trades, I have Civil War. Love it. I have have um, Avengers vs. X-Men. Love it. I have, you know, I have, like, the ones that I really, really like. Yeah. And I have a bunch of Batman ones. I have Red Sun, Superman. Um, I have a bunch, I have the Power Rangers ones because you can't get them on digital. Or you can, but through comiXology. Um, but any, like, random issues or, like, just the continuation of the story, just digitally app like that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Beanie Babies, that was a bust.
1: Yeah, that was the first thing. I remember my mom uh was collecting those. So, I have a few that are that might be like we we definitely have the first set with like tag protectors like before they re-released the first set, like the first 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 ones. I mm-hmm. know we've got a few of those, but like they really ended up not being that much even even for those originals, which I know I think are the 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 set if you're going to you know do the set. Like, the Jerry Garcia I, and, like, I think the Princess Diana, like, ones were, like, the only couple that I, were off the top. I have of the, the Princess Diana one. I have that one, too. Uh. Um,
0: I I got rid of most of them. I kept a few for, like, my kids mm-hmm. just to, like, play with. But, I, I mean, I'll, before I ever give them to them, I'll check the value. But uh, yeah. if it's... Any, anything less than twenty dollars like here, kid just play with it whatever was yeah, exactly. my toy you can play with it exactly. um it it was it, just
1: it, it was fun because you had like catalogs and it was like fun to look at and be like oh you know honestly the thrill much like open up a pack of cards and finding a rare card the thrill was going to the store and, and seeing one tucked between you know other beanie babies on the shelf and stuff like that you know and being like oh my god it's the one yep. Same with... I remember I was... My grandmother would take me to try to collect um, Star Wars figures. And I remember... And this was in the 90s. This was when the movies got Power released the Force. in theaters. Power of the Force. Um, I remember... I think it was like the hard one to find at the time was uh, Princess Leia. Um, and I remember like we both like freaked out when we found it at like one of the carts in the mall. It was just like, whoa, like that moment means uh, that moment of me and my grandmother finding that figure, you know, at the mall... Is more memorable and more worth it to me than actually the figure itself. You know, hundred percent. So it's, yep. That's why, like, it's it's not bad to collect. I, I don't. I definitely don't want to dissuade anybody from collecting, but make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. And if you're going to try to do it with some sort of like, you know, investment to gain ratio, don't go nuts. You know, especially if you're if you don't have a lot to spend on it. If you don't have a lot to spend on it, buy stuff that's like cheaper but less printed like we were just talking about that's that's my
0: and do your research
1: yes definitely do your research
0: know what you're looking for know how to spot fakes know how to know what's valuable what's not there's like forums there's reddit pick groups for them yeah um like i like i have a few power of the force figures because you can the flea market you see them you can get like two for five now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so i got the ones that i Played with when I was little. I got the Luke Skywalker from Return of the Jedi. I got Han Solo, Lando, yeah, um, Vader. Um, now the popular thing with Star Wars is the Black Series, mm. and those are like the really fancy figures. And then there's the Chase figures. And I- I'm on the Reddit subreddits for like collecting, and I see people they're like, "Oh, I finally got it," or "I finally found it." Like GI Joe exclusive, it's all about the exclusives. Yeah, and like scalpers ruin it for everybody. But it's like, I mean, I guess it makes you happy, but. Then go for it, but they're just so um it, it's almost like a job mm-hmm. to try to go and hunt them and get them. Yeah. And it, and, it, and it, like I remember going to like Kmart and like seeing Dragon Ball Z figures on the shelf and like being blown away by like, mm-hmm. yes, Dragon Ball Z figures, I can buy mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Um People now buy the um their uh SH figure arts figures from Dragon Ball Z. They're like highly articulate. I think the Ryu. The evil, the hot review that you have, yeah, is that that brand? Oh,
1: okay, thought they're
0: bluefin? They're bluefin, but maybe it's, it's, like, it's, I feel like similar... it's like
1: storm collectibles or something like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Sorry, storm collectible, storm collectible bluefin, SH figure arts. Um, they're I don't know if they're all part of the same company or if they're all part of the same like. They they make the same types of figures. So like Dragon Ball makes figures that are similar to that, but gotcha. um I got one. I got a Broly figure at Comic-Con that I'm looking at and I'm like, "I Broly's not like my favorite character." Like I got it cuz it was an exclusive and I just happened to be in the right place right time. But I'm about to sell it for like 200 bucks. Yeah. If I can. If you can because if you can do it. Why though. not? Yeah. And the um because I'm I like I'm not going to open it. Like people open it and display them be like, "I don't got room to display them." Yeah. I have the the Dragon Ball honestly, the Dragon Ball Z figures I like the most are the ones I played with as a kid. So, like, the Irwin toy ones, or, like, the the Japanese ones. um, Those those are the ones I look for. If I see them at the flea market for, like, five bucks, I pick it up. Because I have those. Those are the ones I have on display. Because that, to me, was what brings the joy of, like, finding them as a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same thing with, like, video games. Um, I was big into, like, collecting retro games. Don't get me wrong. If I see a game and, like out and about in the wild and i know that it's valuable and it's there for like a dollar i will buy it to to flip sure right, i'm not an idiot you yeah. know what i mean no absolutely but, Like, yeah
1: you know if you're gonna f- you know, spend a couple bucks on something that you can know that you're like all right i'm gonna make this value back like right now like you know, yeah i mean i'll do
0: it and i've done it but the um like i i like dragon ball z as i've said many times on the show And I love Star Wars, so I, like, have, like, a goal of collecting every Star Wars game and Dragon Ball Z game. So if I find it, and I've played a lot of them, I'll, if the game's cheap, pick it up, you know, put it on the shelf, just, like, as a display, collect it. I'll play the game if I have the console, but now on PC, on Steam, Steam just had a sale for uh, Battlefront and, um... What you call it, uh, Knights of the Old Republic for three bucks?
1: That's awesome. That's you can't beat that. I... Yeah, no, no. See, so exactly. You
0: pick it up there, and then if I find, you know, I've I have I've had those games for forever, but uh, if I, you know, if I find the game, then you pick it up, put it on the shelf. I know you were like that with Street Fighter.
1: Yeah, you you actually helped me collect uh, a lot of the Street Fighter, and that's one thing too is like now whenever I see a Street Fighter, I'm like, oh. I can get that because it's it's a piece of my puzzle, you know. It's a piece of my collection that's just for me. Where I'm like, I'm collecting Street Fighter, and now you know I started collecting Mortal Kombat because it's another you know favorite franchise of mine. Um, so like, it's just for me, and I know that I'm not really competing with many other people for it. I'm literally I'm here for like myself, you know. That's the most fun. It might not seem like that at the time because you might be like, oh you know I gotta do it to, to do this but like don't try not to go too far into the hype of things because a lot of times that's what people want because they get the hype and then it, it validates their own investments and stuff like that too that is it's definitely part of it Um and also I know, I know I'm kind of talking down about it but like don't feel bad if you're doing it too like it's human it is it is so attractive and normal to want to like buy into those things so like don't don't beat yourself up if you did either. And it's all, that's all, all, like a hard, harsh, like duality. I'm like, don't do it. But if you did it, it's okay. <laughs> but it's, it's true though. Cause it, it's a normal, it's like a thing that you're like, Oh, everybody's doing it. Like I want to, you know, what, what's the hubbub about? I want to, you know, I want to get into it. It's its it's a, it's a, a thing that your mind is attracted to. I mean, so. at, like at the, at the conventions,
0: I would see the, uh, they would have exclusives for like street fighter figures so I was like, oh, I could get that one. Everybody's like, oh yeah, I'm online to get that figure or whatever. And I'm like, I don't play that that character. I don't really care about that character. So I'm just gonna pick up the Cami because I collect Kiss Cammy like a waifu. Exactly. And like exactly. So I like I have Cami figures. So yeah. that's that's my thing. Like if, I like the GI Joe figures from back in the day. So if I see those, like yeah. out in the wild, like yeah, I'll grab them just because I like them. They're cool. Same with World Combat. I have the whole set. Yeah. And um. Have them display them, but like they have the the Storm figures,
1: all the Mortal Kombat figures. Like, I'm not, I'm not picking them up,
0: but I mean, yeah. they look cool. Don't get me wrong, they look awesome. Yeah, I kind of, but it's just like, speaking of those, I
1: kind of want that sub zero in the smoke
0: because they look awesome. They're they look dope. really they're like dope. I wish they had figures like that when we were kids. Oh, hell yeah! But like, because they're awesome to play with, but the um, the, the old mantra is like you can't take it with you, right? Kind of thing, right. If it, like if it brings you joy and stuff sure but like i don't need all the stuff like yeah. i like to bring i like to get the things that i played with as a kid right and like the in the games like n64 games that i played with as a kid um this the nintendo switch had uh the the mario games the what's right called? they had the, the three all-stars yeah uh, we got 64 sunshine and galaxy. Like I never played galaxy, but I love 64 and sunshine was great. Galaxy's good. So first
1: galaxy's real good.
0: I mean I can't wait to play it. So uh you know, pick that up because it's just like what I like as a kid. Exactly. Um but I don't need to get I, I again, if that's your thing, cool, go for it. Like we all have our niches, but Yeah. It's um no I think the best thing, like, to come out of this is no, like, don't collect to think that you're going to flip it. Correct. Yes. That is not the reason to collect anything. If you see it and you know that it's valuable and it's cheap, obviously, do the thing and right. flip it. Like, you got lucky. Congratulations. You're probably not going to get lucky again. Right. right. If you want to make it a hustle, and you want to go and be that scalper and be that guy nobody likes, <laughs> know how to do the hustle. And do the work because a lot of them do do work. They do, and they put in. You know, they go. They they go up at Dawn, They drive around. They get them all. They do the hype. They they resell. Like they do it. It's not. I don't think it's the right thing to do. But hey, you gotta make a buck. So For they sure. do it. And, but you know, just do what you do it because you like it, not because it will bring you financial right. gains.
1: I remember being behind uh, – I was in the line to meet Stan Lee. And uh, I remember I was behind a couple guys that literally they had, like, four copies in good shape of, like, Wolverine number one. They wanted him to sign and stuff like that. And they were just, like – literally the the entire conversation with them online, because I was, I was in line for a while, was just, like, their eBay listings and, like, what they were posting it for. And, like, I, I understand that, too, because you're just like, oh, like – you know I, i'm doing the the i'm getting the piece of the thing to make it you know a really good auction to sell and stuff like that and ultimately the person on the other end who's buying it you know for an inflated price of course is the person that it means something to right you know what i mean you know what i mean like it's so it's it's it eventually goes to a good home um i just think like there's the middleman situation is 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 a kind of a sketchy thing because i mean like they didn't seem like they even cared i was like dude we're we're about to meet stan lee like he's a legend like i guess for them it was just like another transaction but i don't know i i feel exactly the same where it's like do it for yourself do it because you want to do it because the moment you know is you know important to you and not necessarily uh for any other for any other thing
0: the same thing at comic-con meeting like winning the tickets to meet the celebrities and like yeah. i met margot robbie and i got the birds of prey poster signed yeah um dope. like i have friends like that go that they go to the different panels and stuff to get the free stuff and they try to flip it and you know if it pays for your trip to the con and stuff sure like, by all means yeah, do it absolutely. but it's i for me i'd rather go to a panel or a signing or something, n- not to flip it, but just for the enjoyment of meeting the person and getting that sign and like for the hanging it up and yeah. Uh, yeah, the experience of it all. Hundred um, percent. Not some. I mean, again, if I'm in the right place for the right time and I do get something that is valuable and I can flip, I will obviously do that. But yeah, it's not. It's not my goal and attention to do it because at the end of the day, it's very stressful sometimes to do so.
1: Definitely can be,
0: and it's not. It's not worth it personally it's not and Definitely. like I'm trying now to a declutter so I think for, for gaming you know Xbox PS5 I think PC honestly I'm just gonna give in PC's the best
1: PC's the best. Everything is all one thing. Yeah. I was going to say PC's really the best. You don't have to worry about things being backwards compatible. You don't have to be like gracious of a company for allowing you to play games that, you know, you you had that you would like to put the other box away and just have one on your shelf. Literally, that's backwards compatibility in a nutshell is hi company. I'd like your new box, but I'd like to put the old one away. Please and thank you. (laughs) Like make them backwards compatible. That's literally that is exactly what back compat means to people. Um and it's just like, like I don't want all of these boxes and all of this clutter and I want to be able to plug it into a modern television. Thanks. Um but with PC, like you the thing that sucks about PC and the only thing that sucks about PC is you don't get the physical objects and you don't have that kind of connection to them like you do like with consoles. Um but but the other the other side of that coin is I mean, I have Destiny Collector's Editions for PC where it's like you get the game box that you can put on your shelf, you get the stuff, and then you get, like, a code. And it's, like, that's also fine because for a lot of games, especially games nowadays, a lot of games need you to be online. Like, you can't go and play Destiny offline. There's nothing to do. The game just doesn't load because it's entirely... It's, like, you know, Warcraft. It's server-based. You got to be on the server. Um,
0: Most games are like that now. Yeah. <clears throat> Even I, Nintendo. I
1: don't know if you know this. There's a lot of people... Before Classic WoW came back, um, people were getting gifted and buying uh the server blades that were actually like in the servers at Blizzard like a lot of people in the gaming community like popular figures would get sent one by Blizzard and they would put up like a glass panel on it that would be etched and it would tell them like what number it was so it was like while you didn't have the physical game some people had pieces of the original servers which was I thought was really cool
0: know I think that's a that's an awesome idea yeah it's it's an interesting thing
1: because that's the closest you'll get to like the that that corporate real version of like that you know physical you know content stuff so we've we've
0: talked a lot about collecting i'm pretty sure we can go another whole hour but um is there uh before we before we end what's what's new in the fighting game community or what's Uh, going on yeah
1: we pretty low we touched on it you were saying that you were watching some streams and stuff um so I mean, like I'm, you know, I'm looking at my my Twitch uh, page right now, and I I'm seeing slightly lower numbers than I'm than I'm used to seeing. I think one of the big things, and I'm trying to remember when, when I don't I don't remember what when when the podcast was. Did we? It wasn't coronavirus when we talked about fighting games last, right? Or was it? It was. It was. It was
0: August. It was in August.
1: God, it feels like four years ago. Um, that's that's this year in a nutshell. Is everything feels like it was four years ago. Um i think it was right now street fighter 5 we'll start there was looking like it was going to end uh throughout this year if there was going to be a capcom pro tour there was a lot of rumors of street fighter 6 and other things as it turns out we were getting another year's worth of street fighter 5 we're getting five more characters um but i i think that was a pivot by capcom looking at it going hey we don't really have the manpower right now we don't have people in the studio we're gonna we're gonna just bang on with street fighter 5 we can create it's easier to create more characters and and have some more fun with street fighter 5 you know a game that already exists uh so it's it's one of those things that it's like that's that's what it was so we're kind of in a holding pattern where we're playing street fighter we're waiting for street fighter 6 we're still playing street fighter 5 um Mortal Kombat honestly stepped it up. They dropped uh, Rambo <laughs> from, like, literally Sylvester Stallone. They got him to, like, motion capture and do the voice. Uh, so Rambo is in Mortal Kombat alongside RoboCop and Terminator, which is – Rambo. It's just absurd. Uh, so it's just it's kind of crazy to see that whole thing. Like, that's awesome. Uh, we got more characters. Maybe there's more on the horizon. Um, you got, you know – there's a Mortal Kombat movie coming out that I know that Another Realm wants to kind of like promote alongside. Um, I think I think Mortal Kombat is in a decent place. I think they could add a little bit of DLC in terms of mechanics and then be in a good spot. Um the trouble with it, realistically, is um fighting games need to be in person. And I think I mentioned this probably last time as well, if if it was during COVID. Uh fighting games need to be it need to be in person. It's really hard. And if, if anything, is uh, actually, this is a good anecdote to that. Um, there's an old version of Guilty Gear, which is a fighting game that came out, I want to say, early 2000s. I'll actually look it up while I'm talking about this right now. Um, there's, it was Guilty Gear. I think it was Accent Core Plus R. Uh, it was one of the old ones. But what they did is they did a limited re-release of codes for a rebuilt version of it with um, rollback netcode, which I know that I went in detail about that. To create like a to give you like a very short version of it, um, there's two prominent different types of code that's built into uh, your common fighting games that determine how good the game feels. Um, obviously, when you're playing games across the internet, internet is always going to be a thing. How far apart your opponents are, you know, is always going to be a thing. For fighting games, it matters a little bit more just because you're reacting to button presses and moves that start up or, or cool down or end within fractions of seconds. Uh, so you're looking at like. Some games have a three-frame startup for like a, a a light punch, which is, you know, three frames, three out of the 60 frames per second. So it needs to be very tight. Um, for a long time, game companies did not use rollback netcode. They used delay-based, which just kind of put you kind of behind. Both have their positives and negatives, but in generally speaking, rollback is the preferred method that more people wish would be a part of it. Um, and so what they did is they took this old game, which came out in... Let um, we should look it up right now. Guilty Gear, um, accent core plus R. Um and what they did was uh they added rollback netcode to this game. Now that's kind of insane. Um just because like if you're you're talking about like an arcade game that came out when was this? When did this launch? Like April two thousand two, I think it is. Um you know, a game that's like going on you know 15 plus years that you year, they're now putting an older net play in, and they ran out of codes like almost instantly because people just wanted to play the, the fighting game community is so resilient and they cross games so easily that if the game is good to play people will throw that on and play it it doesn't have to be their favorite game it doesn't have to be street fighter mortal kombat smash brothers and stuff if the game is good and it's a good fighting game people are gonna turn it on they're gonna play it like nobody cares i have a ton of fighting games installed that i've gotten for a couple bucks here and there on steam that the netcode is decent i get a buddy to play it with and even if it's just the two of us playing every once in a while like late at night we're like yo let's throw some hands put that game on it's fun as long as the game feels good it's fun i would rather play a game that i have no idea i couldn't even remember the names of the characters I will play that over Street Fighter, which is my favorite, 10 out of 10 times if the net code was good and if it was better. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: I get it. Yeah. So
1: that's kind of still where the fighting game community is. Um, so they're doing a Capcom Cup. They're doing regional qualifiers. They're doing them online. Um, there was a lot of beef over the summer. There, I think we may have talked about this last time now that I'm remembering it. Somebody had you know bad net code. Someone else decided I'm going to just not play. I'll let them take the win because if I play and I lose, it's going to look like I got, you know, trounced on. But if I just say I'm not playing cause their net codes bad, then at least you save face a little bit. It was a whole thing. Um, but the, the, the interesting thing and the good thing is that we're seeing like guilty gear put in new net code. Uh, we're starting to see the snowball become bigger for the net code argument. And that's, one that's necessary even even once the whole covid thing goes away once we've figured out once the, you know however you know as a world we solve that and we move forward with it even when we go back to playing in person events you still need it is it is so fundamentally necessary to have fighting games have good netcode because not everybody's going to want to play in person you're going to have people that are going to grab the game i see posts on it all the time they're like hey I just grabbed Street Fighter V for five dollars. Like, you know, how is this game? Is it fun? Do people still play it? You've you've got people that need to have a good online experience, to learn, to cut their teeth on it, and to get used to it before they will ever consider going to an event for it. You know, people aren't gonna be like, I bought this game for five dollars. Where's my nearest local? I'd like to drive there and pay twenty dollars to go Owen 2 You know what I mean? Like that's yeah, no, I know what you mean. You need to foster, much like we were talking about with you know Magic Arena and stuff. You need to have that 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 event because let's face it too, people nowadays, you know, if you have a family, you know, it the point of fighting games isn't to be like, oh, I can only play it until, you know, I start a family and then I gotta put it away. People love playing fighting games. People love playing card games and all this other stuff. You've gotta give people that have families that have other obligations a an avenue into being part of the community as a whole if you want the community to have long lasting value and just basically feeling having people feel like there's an ownership to them, like people feeling like yes i am part of this community i don't get to go to events you know since my second kid was born or whatever the situation may be or since i had to move for work you know but when evo is happening you know i you know i have the stream going i watch everything i bust out the stick i play some rounds you know me and my buddy turn the game on and we play it for a couple weeks at a time and you know whenever we've got some time in between work that's we need to look at those people as still a very big part of the community and we need to serve those players because if you serve the player that's on the furthest, most outer rim, like the outer ring of the community, if they get served in a in a good product by having good net code and the ability to learn fighting games, you're going to also serve every inner ring of the community itself, if you know what I mean. It's, yeah, yeah it, absolutely. You just have to. Like there's... We're at a point where it's just—it's like, not even like should you. It's like you have to and when are you going to do it is the only question that we're asking. Um, so I'm glad to see it become something that's common. I have a feeling for Guilty Gear, this was a test because we have Guilty Gear Strive on the horizon. That's one of the newer kind of fighting games that looks uh, more exciting. With Guilty Gear Strive on the horizon, I have a feeling that they wanted to test rollback netcode because they've never implemented it before. So having them test it in one of their older games that they can make a couple bucks on, they can see how players like it, how it interacts, how the network works, um, and then they can kind of have a they have more intel when they go to you know build that netcode into the new game. So that makes makes perfect sense to me. Um, so that's kind of where we're at. We're seeing like Jay Wong. We're seeing a lot of people put on streams where they do kind of like like house streams. I, I like to call them online locals. I've been starting to cover that again for um, for the site if you guys check out top tier.gg um, I'm doing sort of like a sports center kind of angle to it where I'm just basically That's a good idea. you know I, I was originally doing it for um, you know the world tours and stuff but we don't have world tours but you know so what we're doing is for larger online communities so like your next level battle circuits your Wednesday night fights and you know your Capcom pro tours um, we're covering those in a brief thing going hey you know here's what happened here's some highlights uh, from that event this is what went on and then people can you know take a look at that kind of get into it and we're we're asking people as well if they're if they're a part of a, a growing online event that's you know well produced you know good video of it good you know if we could see brackets and different things you know there's there's bound to be some players that when this is all over didn't get weren't into fighting games before it and are now started winning their locals and go all right well fighting games are kind of fun and i'm kind of sick at it so like maybe let's go to a local um you know maybe let's go to a tournament like there's going to be some players that crop up from nothing you know at that point so
0: um funny games like are very similar tcgs in that aspect of that camaraderie yeah and that um yeah yeah uh like being part of a group and being like with together with people is very it it is at the core foundation of what it is about
1: yeah so on a social aspect 100 percent. you need to it's about being there it's about being there and much like card games like you know i we played we played at our our store you don't have to be playing on the most grandiose stage you don't have to be the best in the world or the best on the east coast or the best in the west coast whatever if you if you're having fun it's it's with a lot of things in life like the, i feel like an old man now saying this i'm like you can get so competitive and so obsessed with everything and like if you want to you should but at the same point there's lots of there's lots of layers to competitiveness and there's a lot of fun more important there's a lot of fun to be had when you're playing with people that you like people that you enjoy playing the game with um you know that's where rivalries friendly rivalries and stuff develop from and that's good that's that's part of who we are as human beings i i believe so i think it's no yeah it's i completely agree it's fun and you you should think, go into it with the with the idea that i want to have fun i want to compete and i want to you know if we're gonna you know bust chops on people if you know when you talk a little shit like that's as long as you're doing it within within people that are comfortable doing that with you and, and that are kind of meeting you out in the same spot it's it's fun and that's the best that's the best fun that you can have with you know with games and stuff like that
0: and now is the best time to learn and to practice
1: yes yeah cuz most people are just kind of you know not going out as much or you know or if if at all and are just going all right well you know i'm watching season 900 of you know uh, naruto i may as well you know throw on street fighter and practice some dp's you know while i'm doing it practice some combos i'm uh,
0: i'm on the very last i have one more episode to go of 30 rocks <laughs> nice
1: i was going to say how how many how many speaking of episodes how many episodes of uh, Street Fighter training mode have you completed with Ryu? That's a big zero. Okay. I was, I was ready for you to be like, well, that's all we have for today. <laughs> um, but, but, it's, but it's
0: good, though. But it's good to I w- do I it. will have some completed that's before good. the end of this year. That's good. I really want to get my YouTube thing up and running before I do anything, commit to anything else.
1: That's fair. Yeah. I mean, it, honestly, though, do it. Street Fighter Five is... A game that people give you a lot of shit for, but there's going to be so there. There already is so many players that are Street Fighter Five is their first Street Fighter, and as much as and that's why I don't like to give it too much shit because, uh that's somebody's first, you know. Like Street Fighter Two was my first, so it's revered, it's it's magical, it's mystical. That's not everybody's first. Some people are going to play Street Fighter Two after playing Five and be like, "Yo, I get this is the origin, but this is whack." You know what I mean? That's gonna happen. Yeah, I think people get a little bit too. The hot take for today is that people get a little too obsessed with the originals. Nothing's going to beat it, but it's also that's that's our originals. Somebody else's original means the same to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's you gotta. People need to stop gatekeeping so much. It's not. It's not good. Bring people in. Be together. You know, if you wanna if you wanna be the the geezer telling the old stories, that's fine. But let people have theirs. Let people have their first and stuff.
0: I think fighting games though like tcgs is like if you like people might like you know rag on people but if you if you keep coming back and keep showing up you might you don't even have to be good you just have to show that like exactly. you're committed yes. like people will welcome you in 100%. it's more of like a it's like a it's a community a light form of hazing i guess would be the way to say it yeah it's a community <laughs> yeah I, I know exactly it's what not you a mean. right word to use but it's like yeah I know it's the mean. it's like an initiation be like are you here yes. to like actually play or you just, you know, yeah. what do you like? What's your, what's your deal? Yeah. And um, where a game like League of Legends or Fortnite is not as welcoming.
1: It's, it's not. Cause I mean, honestly, I can, there's an easy reason for that with League of Legends and, and, and those games, people, especially League of Legends, you're reliant on your teammates to play the game. If you don't have four friends, you need to rely on the randomness of the internet to give you a team. You have to. There's no other way to do it. You're at the mercy of what the matchmaking queue determines for you. Um, And when you're playing with people, it's hard to lose, you know, hey, I've got two hours after work. I want to play some League of Legends. I haven't played video games in forever. And that person is going to go and lose one game. They're going to lose two games. And they're going to be like, all right, man, I got to get a win here. They're going to lose three games, four games. And maybe they won't meet with you until the fifth game. And on that fifth game, there is so much at stake for them that you have no idea about you might just be like this is my third game and I just want to play and learn and then they're mad at you going can't you figure this out and you're, and you're sitting there in your chair going no that's why I'm here that's why I'm playing to try to figure this out <laughs> um, so the, the, the game mode is what lends itself to that I, I'm personally and I, I know you're the same way is one of the attractions to fighting games is that you don't need another team it's a 1v1 sport you know yeah it's no exactly and it's just like a card game it's like you don't need anybody else if i suck and you want to tell me i suck fine hope your day gets better but you know by and large you know you're there to learn and it's you don't have to worry about letting anybody else down you're not like ah, man i was the reason that my buddy brad he's having a terrible week and i couldn't even bring him a w so like i feel like shit now for it like no you just you're there playing and the best thing to even do is if even if you're having a crappy day like i do um with my buddy dan we'll be like yo let's pick random characters and just go at it whoever you get you got to run that character for a first to ten And you got to figure that shit out on the fly and that's fun you know so you kind of set almost like a little it's almost like a built-in handicap if you will for uh for playing and that ends up being a lot of fun so that there's a there's a lot of fun to be had with it that's ultimately that's the that's the important thing i know a lot of people go into games to kind of like prove themselves or whatever it's like Again, hope your day gets better. But the, for for most people, that's not what they're there for. They're there to have fun, and that's you know, when you're welcoming people in, when you're when you're teaching people, it's so much fun to teach people and to see them. Like when you finish those tutorials, I can't wait to the next time I get to see you play Street Fighter because I'm I remember how you played it the last time you played, and I'm hoping to see you get better. And that's its own thrill to me is seeing somebody you know learn it and stuff like that. So,
0: no, yeah, a lot I know of good, exactly what a lot you mean. Of
1: good stuff to it
0: so then um how's the uh how's the clan doing
1: oh uh, we're doing good we actually just uh, oddly enough so you're launching a website i launched a website i know it's weird but like hear me out on this right i don't think it's weird at all um people like a lot of people are kind of tired of social media like even people that are on it a lot they're kind of just like yo this is just at a certain point you're just like this is exhausting like people on here are just so impossibly difficult that like what am i even doing like am i doing it for these people who am i doing it for um but one of the things in addition to that thought one of the things that i thought of was i think in the future people are going to start one i think social media is kind of people are pulling away from it especially like with facebook and stuff um but two a lot of things that you post just kind of go into the void and you can go to somebody's profile and you can see some of the most recent things but how many times have you really gone to somebody's profile and dug through like a bunch of old stuff right like Chances yeah. are you're not. You're seeing what's relevant. What were the last couple of pics they posted or what was the last couple of tweets, you know, whatever it was. You're going very, very light with it. But um, I think there's, especially we've seen this in the in the way that the podcast bubble, if you want to call it a bubble, has blown up where everybody's doing it. I think it's just more proof that uh, people want long form content. People want to sit and kind of be be kind of a a, a secondary party or a third wheel or whatever have you in a conversation because it's it's fun to listen to people's thoughts develop as they go it's fun to hear interactions between people that you know someone likes you know how this person's gonna interact we see it with podcasts we're like oh this person of this person on that's gonna be great it's fun to, to be a passenger in that and that's what that's why podcasts are so great but in terms of the long-form content i wanted to create especially for destiny Uh, a game that has a lot of content and there's a lot of legacy for how things have have evolved and changed. I wanted to basically make a database for the things that we post, the clips, the videos, um, and also, honestly, our thoughts. Like, we've started doing, uh, we just launched it, Uh, we're doing weapon reviews, like a weapon of the week. So, you know, exotic weapons, for example, in Destiny, those are are the rarest weapons in the game. Um, And they change over time, like as patches come out, as the games change, as the years goes on, Those guns will be slightly tweaked. So I like writing an article, just, you know, a quick five-minute read, maybe even a three-minute read uh, about the gun, the way that it fits into the game. And I feel like in doing so and in, in, you know, chronologically, like, housing those things, like, in in a a format, it's kind of nice to be able to look back on. Um, Much like you and I always talk about Pojo, the card of the day. Um, i literally saw that and i was like one day i'll buy it i was like what about weapon of the week i was like that'd be kind of fun to like review a weapon you know a digital thing a thing that exists inside the game um so that's what i wanted to do with the site because i feel like it's hard to get to know somebody by being like oh do i want to follow this person i'm only looking at their past couple tweets uh is it worth it Uh." this way you can come to our site if you see one of the tweets one of the articles one you can know that you're like oh I don't have to go dig through tweets. I bet it's on their website, and it is. We've got everything kind of all sorted there. Um, I think conversations like that are fun. I am. Uh, I'm also a moderator on the our, our Reddit.com slash Mortal Kombat or r slash Mortal Kombat, and uh, we started doing uh, um, character uh, discussions. So that's something I post every week. Or I'm like, hey, let's talk about this character. Let's let's learn and let's analyze and critique this character, and then we archive them. So whenever that character comes around again, there might have been a patch that might have changed that character. We could then link to it and go, hey, look, this is what we were thinking about this character at this point in time. Now let's talk about how we feel about that character now. Has maybe there's a new DLC that came out that makes that character almost, you know, different or or, or fit a different part of the meta. And I think as gaming as we get older with it, this is the first kind of time that like gaming's gotten real big and there might be like a little bit of a recession just because of you know for, for whatever reason for you know for fighting games because of you know the whole coronavirus thing it went whatnot but I think it's a good I, I'm recently I've been all about kind of archiving thoughts and ideas and where we were at the point at certain points in time and how our thoughts and ideas changed because I think it's fun to look back on it's fun to, to learn and, and kind of regale those times and be like wow we were stupid or wow we had we had a point there you know yeah. So, yeah, for real. Yeah.
0: I think the website's a really good idea. Um because like much like YouTube, sometimes you just don't want to watch a video, sometimes you want to just read. Yeah. Or sometimes you can't. Sometimes maybe you're in you're at work or you're at um you know, on the toilet and yeah. like you don't want to be loud and you just, you know, want to read something. Exactly. And it's just very uh it's easy. And if it's, like, a good, well-made website, which I'm sure, knowing you that it is, that everything's easy to find, it's organized, and you get to, like you said, look where you want to go. You don't have to search yeah, high and low where you'll get lost in a tweet. Yeah. Um, that was my logic to it. I think that's a fantastic idea. I don't think – I think websites are something that will stay. I figure. More so. I think social media would be the gateway to the website instead of, like, ads.
1: Yes. I think I think social media is the gateway.
0: That's exactly how. I'm web, like eventually, well, eventually we were going to put this podcast on a website. Yeah, But I was just like, that's like many, many years. I don't think many years, but once it gets more people involved, and it's all it's hard to do. Yes. with the limited resources.
1: Well, let um, me let me tell you the. I mean, with the way that I mean we are at the Caffeines. Like, I don't even go on our socials like we have there's two of us of the caffeines of the ogs that kind of handle the socials. so it's it's nice to kind of that we're all part of it so having those extra hands it makes a world of difference in the speed of which you can kind of output something um
0: oh yeah even the way you um you guys when you do it on twitch like moose Mm -hmm. has her has her like days where she does things lucas yep um then i see sometimes like um just ranty's like you're on certain days Mm -hmm. and then on thursdays is the show yeah so it's always it's very much engaged with a lot of different people so you have a lot of different resources and avenues which is good
1: yeah thank you i mean i i think it's good because my thought too is i'm like you might like you know let's say you like lucas and moose but you're like yo that perk guy that guy is an idiot and i don't want to see his face ever i don't want to talk i don't want to hear him talk about anything which is possible you might feel that way. Like that's that's one of the things with, with media, with digital media. Not everybody likes everybody, and not everything is for everybody too. So having a kind of like a diverse group that all have different points of view, that are friends that trust each other to make critiques that are not afraid to oppose an ideology and then talk about it, I think is good because in much in the same way that like when you watch a podcast or a show or something like that, people can Find a person that they'd be like, oh, you know this person kind of I vibe with this person like they're they they Make a lot of the same decisions that I make they seem to have had a lot of the same experiences Same feelings about stuff as I do and you kind of be like, okay, you know, you know What's this person think on this gun? Like I was thinking of picking it up and I know that they already like and play kind of how I like so let me I'm gonna look at their opinion first because you know it's it's more relevant to me or something like that or maybe you don't maybe you go oh this person and i agree i want i want i want to find somebody they disagree with to see what they think you know to get that different the different point of view i think that's honestly what it's all about when you when you have more difference in the mix you only serve to make yourself better you you get better viewpoints out you learn things that you wouldn't have learned if you just talked to people that you agree with constantly right so mm-hmm. that's that's the way i look at it plus you just it, it's more more horsepower for getting stuff done uh, i would not have been able to do the website and get all this other stuff done if it was just me by myself like no chance um lucas definitely spearheaded up the website um so i was working with him on that moose is one of our main writers on the website we've got the stream going on um we got the podcast we're prepping for um destiny's got its, like a huge expansion coming out next tuesday um so we're we're getting ready for for that stuff so but that's the thing is like it's great to have all that stuff and to have everybody that works together on it because, one, it makes everybody's day-to-day a little bit easier because they don't have to organize stuff. Like, you know, I handle the organization. You know, we we broke out for who's going to be in the first raid team, who's the first raid team subs, who's in the second raid team, who's in the second raid team subs, you know, stuff like that. It's it's good to have a plan in place and people that are all kind of working towards the same goal. Community. <laughs> I mean, so. that's what it's all about. It, it, I mean,
0: that's it, it, just how it, I'm. I'm just still to this day like didn't think Destiny would be this popular, and big. But they're they're putting more and more resources behind it.
1: They're putting a lot into it. There was a lot of games that were thought to be like Destiny killers, like Anthem and, and Divinity, and or not Divinity, um, Division, Division. Thank you. Um, completely slipped on the word, but it's um, Destiny has proven that it destiny hits um bud was actually talking about this because he just started playing he was like he literally texted me he's like i know why you like this game and i'm like do you (laughs) he's like it's it's basically like star wars and like like medieval like high fantasy like combined and i'm like pretty much like yes and then it's it it plays kind of like world of warcraft meets halo so it's like Mm. yes like there it's it's two good fantasies juxtaposed together as well as, um, you know, two types of games which are fun, you know, a first-person shooter. How would that mix with an RPG like World of Warcraft? Like, what? What do you mean? How would that work? They just literally slammed them together, and it it actually does work really well.
0: So, do you think that because Destiny has so much lore, has so much um, new content being put out, it's a mixture of high fantasy and Star Wars? Both of those things are intimidating for somebody who's not new. Do you think as Destiny puts more and more content out, more and more gameplay, it will be unlike fighting games, which is when your new game drops, it's brand new for everybody. Is it going to be intimidating for newer players as time goes on?
1: Um, I think it, it, from what we've seen so far with it It's been the same amount of intimidating like we're I have uh, a bunch of friends um, Like my friend big Tony J cap. He just started playing it and he's like I love this game He's like I understand why you like this game, but this this and this is so stupid. And I'm like, yeah, I get it um, I think there's just so much that's mixed that they realize they're gonna not win every battle with how they present the game to a new player but by the same token when a new expansion comes out, like what we've been, I, I told my friend uh, Brad. He's he just he was just like, yeah, I'm gonna play Destiny again. He's like, what do I need to get? So I was basically giving the rundown. I'm like, hey, if you're gonna be playing, you know, in the next two weeks, try to get these guns because they're still gonna be relevant. Um, but by and large, uh, just try to do this, this, and this because when the new content comes out, it, they started doing something called sunsetting, where they go, hey, you know, this content is not gonna be viable. You know, the gear that you drop from these events. Not going to be viable. So only do these things if you want the story. If you want to play the game. If you don't, if you if you want to just be caught up, you can be caught up and just play the new DLC when it drops. You'll be kind of at the same footing as everybody else. Some people might go into it with more materials, like maybe I'll be able to buy more, you know, faction packages or engrams or or things than than somebody else will. But competitively, in terms of like day one rating or competitive crucible for Trials of Osiris and stuff like that we're all your your legacy of what you've done matters but by the same token they've also found a way to make it not matter so much so that you're really not ever at that much of a disadvantage from other people that's a good thing that they do that they they did and it's it's also like they make it within reach where it is you know if somebody comes in, in the middle of a, of a season and you want to be like hey catch up do this this then this they can go and do that and it's not it's not going to take them a month to get where you are. Like generally like one, you can help them cause you're going to be higher level. So you can help them kind of get through some of that stuff that was difficult, but it was only difficult because it was the first week or so. Um, so you, you, you can, if you work together and you work with people and you, you kind of have a little community built around it, uh, which is the, the main thing that we try to do. It's, it becomes accessible for everybody else as they come into it at whatever speed pace you know, a level of investment that they want to come into it with, which is good. So the fact that it's at least an option for them, I think is a testament to to Bungie. Whether that's on purpose or just kind of a a design flaw feature that kind of showed up based on them smashing these two things together. Um either way it actually worked out. So
0: I think if anybody likes high fantasy and sci-fi uh destiny is a great game for you, but it's for me it's I was like even talking to you about it, I was like, oh, I might do it you might have to help me grind, but it's the the amount the time like to because I'm the person who I am the the time commitment I don't have the time commitment to yeah. put the hours and the time in yeah. to make it worth my while because I will want everything like um when destiny one was out, what was that one gun that was like uh Fade fire there. like green lasers? It was like a handgun. It had like thorns on it. Thorn. It had this really called long thorn. thorn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thorn. It had this like really long, ridiculous quest mm-hmm. pieces that you had to do to get it. Yeah. And like everybody had it except for me and I wanted it, <laughs> but I was just like, this is like a grind to do. And I was like, I yeah. don't have time. Like I just started like a new job and like, I was like, I don't have time to do this. Yeah. So I, um, it was like, I, 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 can't do this, and I mean, I mean, maybe I could have, but I just didn't. And then that that part like ruined it for me. I was like, oh, everybody else got it, I don't have it. And then as it progressed more, like you guys got better stuff, and then I didn't. And I was just like, ah, well, I can't keep up, so I'm gonna like bow out. But that for me that was, but like the the lore always intrigued me, and I always said you should make lore videos about it.
1: I actually like um, I I'm not the lore guy but I actually can offer you something else that I've been shooting this week actually on um, is for, for I don't know you know this I've done the machinima and for anybody that doesn't yeah. know machinima it's basically when you're taking a video game and you're kind of like using it almost like a, as a digital action figure so to speak and then you're putting voice dialogue and stuff like behind it and changing your camera angles making cuts and editing it together to be um, like a like a story you're using a game to tell a story what we decided to do is because they're vaulting, they're taking away all the original campaigns because they're they're retiring those planets for right now. They're doing it kind of like Disney. They're putting it into the Destiny Vault. It might come back later a little bit different, you know, whenever it suits the narrative and stuff, but it also lets them add other stuff to the game so that the game files aren't massive. Um, so what we decided to do was we shot the campaigns, um, like verbatim, like we we have multiple camera angles. We're running through the whole thing. And uh, we're going to be telling the story of uh, a guardian that's like a brand new guardian. Like he doesn't know who he is or why he's there. But the ghost is uh, his guide. And the guardian is kind of just dim-witted and kind of too afraid of his own shadow. So we're going to be mm-hmm. sort of telling the story of the game through this, this brand new character. Almost, almost through the eyes of a player who's never really played the game. But telling it in lore, in the story, and stuff like that. Um, so that's a good idea so that's it's, pretty cool yeah so it's not quite lore but it's also lore but it's also kind of holding up a mirror to it and kind of making fun of it a little bit like the things were like why do i need new gear why is why does my why does my armor matter why do the guns how come i need new better ones you know and and sort of like having to face that part of the game but inside a story of it so i'm um, excited to uh to get that done and to share that because it's pretty it's been pretty fun
0: um, that's see, that's pretty cool. Yes. That I like something like that. Yeah, but no, Destiny is a it's a very well made game. It's very well done. There's a lot to do. Like it's very, it's worth the money. Yes. Well, I guess it's mostly free now, except you have to just pay for the DLC. Yeah,
1: it's uh, they've they've done a lot. They've added a lot of stuff for free, and uh, I always say it too. Even if you're just farting around, not doing anything in particular the gunplay is so fun the game all the guns and the weapons feel so unique even if you've got two of the same one they can all they're all going to feel different because of the random perks that are on the gun that make it you know function differently um so that's actually where my namesake comes from for anybody that that doesn't know it is it is from me being obsessed with uh how unique they can all feel and, and the fun of it so like literally even if you're just mindlessly going around and just being like yeah i'm just gonna shoot some aliens today like i just just it's after work i don't even want to do a quest i don't want to do any of that um it's still a very cathartic experience to just kind of roll around and you know shoot stuff in this in this really cool sci-fi fantasy world that they've created for it
0: yeah it's very well made you'll definitely get your money's worth yeah. um it's like skyrim it's whatever money you put into it you will get that yeah. value back and then yeah. some
1: yeah it's it's definitely one of those things and uh that, that's how we've played it since the beginning we didn't even we didn't even go into it with those intentions we we actually used to kind of poke fun of it where we we used to say like this is the worst game that i can't stop playing for some reason that's what we used to we used to joke about it before we got really into it we're like yeah we find ourselves doing the same stuff over and over again but like i don't mind it like and we're all like yeah like why don't we mind this like why aren't we like feeling stupid for playing the same things and you realize those MMO kind of elements, you know, coming out of it. And you're like, okay, it just is fun. It feels good to play. It's a very, you know, like I said, cathartic, visceral experience with using the weapons and stuff.
0: When it first first dropped, it was not the game that it was no. when Taken King
1: came out. Not because when
0: Taken King, I think Taken King was like the peak for one, like the best yes. that it was.
1: Taken King was when, when it started to turn the corner and become really good.
0: So after you beat the game or when it first came out if you like grinded and beat it right away like it was very not much to do like there was a lot of loose ends with a lot of holes in the game so it was not what it was when taking it when taking he came out really like you saw the potential that the game actually had yeah and um the the and the lore and the story like it all it got better and that was like peak destiny but like before that i was like all right this game's good but it's like meh like where's it going like what's going on it yes. but then taking king really like blew it out of the water
1: yeah oh it, it absolutely did and uh Forsaken expansion was what blew Destiny 2 out of the water cuz Destiny 2 they they kind of retracted a lot of stuff they didn't really they didn't have an identity they were thinking of every other year they would make a Destiny 2 then Destiny 3 then Destiny 4 uh and just have like an expansion kind of like how they did with Halo but then at a certain point you know uh Bungie separated from Activision then it was kind of this thing where like, well, are they going to keep doing Destiny? They registered this other their IP. Is Destiny 3 coming out? We know that Destiny 3 was in the works. Then they even came out and said it. They're like, hi, we're not doing Destiny 3 right now. We don't know if we're going to do a Destiny 3. But right now we're we're making Destiny 2. And then just this past year, they're like, hey, you know, Beyond Light, the next big Taken King-esque sized expansion uh, comes out this fall. And then we were like, okay, cool. We were predicting that we would see that. And then they were like, by the way, next fall you're going to get uh i think it was called i think the name is uh the witch queen and then we are like oh shit they're announcing like another one and then they're like and then next fall you're getting lightfall and we were like what so they've they've basically slated us for you know 3 years or, you know 2 years more worth of content at least for destiny 2 which is exciting cuz then it's one of those things too where you're like you're doing quests you're doing all this other stuff and you know or even if you're buying cosmetics you're going oh man i really love the way that that ornament looks for this weapon you know it's five or ten dollars like yeah do i want to support them is is destiny 3 going to come out it's going to invalidate it do i want to buy this they have a super saiyan emote where you look like you know a super saiyan charging up um and it puts cool. a little glow around you And it's like do i want to spend you know the eight bucks on this do i want to you know support the developer uh but then you find out that you know yes the game is going to last for another at least two years if not longer um and then you go okay well you know maybe this maybe the value maybe i'll get my money's worth and i don't mind you know supporting them especially if they're they're sticking to making a game that i know that even if i take some time off from if i know that you know whatever uh i could still come back and i can have this stuff you know available to me especially like cosmetic things they're you know you're gonna have to regrind you know your power levels and stuff but you know if you get that exotic helmet that you love and then you get a new version of it later on, you can be like, oh, cool, I still have the ornament that you can't get anymore. So, I, you know, little, like we're talking about with collectibles, little stuff like that does, it gets people kind of, you know, liking it. So, and the fact that you can get the jackets in real life, the jackets in real life are legit. We actually are. We're trying to level up our game because the jacket is the raid drops. Let me look at my calendar. We literally have a clan like calendar now for like prepping for the raid and stuff like that. This shit's legit. Um, So the raid comes out. The the DLC comes out next Tuesday on the 10th. The raid, they pushed it back because of coronavirus. So they're giving us a little bit more time to prep. So the raid launches on the 21st. So then you have seven, eight, nine, ten days to get the jacket um so we've got our like we have like a google docs list of like who wants the jacket and like how we're going to go about getting all that stuff um and everything so if you if any of your listeners are are playing destiny and they're like man i would love to get a raid going i would love to maybe even have a crack at the jacket um i'll give you the links you know we're we're opening we actually have a second uh clan now called caffeine's crew for uh for people that are just looking for you know someone to play with want to get into the game a little bit more so you're welcome to, uh, to join us. But we've been we've been going pretty hard on that. And the, the jacket is a big thing. We're actually trying to get um, the first 24 hours that the raid is alive for. There's a, a limit, uh, like a contest modifier inside the game that turns off after 24 hours. If you beat the raid within the first 24 hours, you get an emblem that is only available to players that finish it within that 24-hour mark. So being that we're a little bit more organized and we kind of have a couple of jackets under our belt, so to speak, uh, we're going to be trying for the twenty-four hour rumble.
0: How many jackets do you have?
1: Um, I have two. Uh, I think in our clan, I think there's been there's about twenty jackets in total.
0: How many? What's how many different jackets are there?
1: Um, there is four total jackets, but we didn't really get into it. Our clan didn't really expand until two jackets ago, which is when we got our first one. So for us, uh, Crown of Sorrow was the first jacket
0: you should make a patch of your fiend logo we so everybody can put it on the jacket we did
1: so that's in the works too did you yeah we're actually oh, that's cool we're working on so we have some stickers and stuff we have the retro logo we're actually getting our logo redesigned um, we got some new branding colors and stuff like we're, we're doing it up so it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun I'm, I'm really excited for uh, to get into that because it's all snow themed too we're gonna be wooling the darkness instead of the light this time around you're gonna be able to, like freeze. You're gonna be able to, like throw a grenade and like freeze somebody as a Titan. You can slam the ground and like send out a shockwave of ice and freeze enemies and stuff like that. So, it's uh, it's pretty dope.
0: Eventually, you have to grow like Red Bull and or like Cloud Nine or Team Liquid, and then. Make a fighting game team.
1: Uh honestly, that is something I thought of, and that is it's definitely something that could be on the horizon. We're gonna see where it goes. I um. And a League of legends team too. My uh, my logic is a little bit uh, different because I you know I've I've worked in, in esports for a little while and I've I've uh, made some great friends and, and connections. Um, but I, I look at the the thing like that with the with the way that the rosters are and the different stuff like that. And my first thought and the way that I kind of go about this is. To me, playing together as a community and and having those connections and those memories is more worth it to me than like trying to get you know that first sponsor or, or different things like that. So I'm I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to observe the market and kind of pivot a little bit differently. I think a lot of people have that whole like let's start up a team and like do this and get a sponsorship and stuff. I think I think that's great. And I'm I'm never going to knock that. Absolutely, go and do that if that's the the goal. But the way that i'm looking at it is especially with this year and the way that everything's gone uh, to me creating connections between people is more valuable and i think if you if you go for that first that other stuff will will kind of fall in line a little bit easier um, so that's that's kind of my manifesto on uh, on that so to speak but it, it is 100% a goal 100% a goal um, and something that we'd love to have but i want i want to try to do it Via this different method, so to speak, if that if that makes sense. No,
0: yes, yeah, so. no, that makes a lot of sense. So
1: yeah, we'll see how it goes. But
0: hey, those are the kind of goals that you need to, to succeed.
1: Yeah, you know, I like to try to do things my own way a little bit, and try to take a look at the landscape and try to create an approach that not every you know tread the uh, the path less less traveled, so to speak. Try to see if I can create a little different of an angle in something because I, I think it and I, I really think it resonates more with people people would rather connect with something that they get something out of rather than being a passenger in it you know so yeah I think it's a little bit a little more personal so that's the that's the trajectory that we're going for but uh it would be my delight to sponsor players for uh, for fighting games because I would obviously love to see that passed on and, and and to see people live out that dream you know that uh that I couldn't even imagine doing uh, back in the day when I was playing in the arcades and stuff like that. Like we didn't even think about esports. Like esports, I that, like that. Nah, it wasn't was a that?
0: thing. You oh, played for a local tournament where you got like fifty bucks in cash, and that was that was sick. You were like, "That okay, was lunch you know, money oh, for shit. the next two months." Yeah,
1: yeah. You would go out with the boys afterwards. You are like, "Yo, we're going to Taco Bell. Let's go!" I just want <laughs> fifty yep. bucks. Like, let's go get it. Um,
0: you got enough left over to buy a video game.
1: Exactly. That's so that that those moments like we talked about earlier those are the that's the kind of thing that i aim for with caffeines is getting more people on board with that that they can you know create friendships create a community to be a part of rather than to to observe because i think that that passive observing is something that everybody can do no matter what there's a lot of more people creating content and stuff nowadays so to me the way that i look at it is well what's the next evolution of that and i think it's getting more people together in a community getting more people to be a part of something rather than to be a fan of something because at a certain point you're like all right uh, you know yeah i'm a fan of these these people it's fun to watch but i would love to be a part of it so
0: i 100 percent understand so that's
1: that is the goal that is the goal we'll see where we go with it it could crash and burn for all i know who knows but you got to be willing to take the risks right you don't know if you don't try exactly exactly so that's the way that i look at it
0: on that note kids if you don't know if you don't try it's
1: true <laughs> so, it's very true we need per, a more of that. thank you yeah it's Mikey, a pleasure as always 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 you know that we've been friends for uh long 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 time so any 20 years yeah it's insane insane to think about man uh it's been a lot of a lot of a lot of fun stuff that we've gotten to experience along the way so and uh i think there's i think there's a lot more to come i I think after this whole year i think a lot of people are kind of more into stuff than they've they've been this has been sort of a time that everybody got to kind of take a moment and recalibrate so i think there's more good times to come
2: for sure
0: yeah definitely the world needs that positive outlook
1: yeah you know i i want to kind of get as many people on that wavelength as we can i think it'll be good but all right sir so thank you so much for having me on it was is a pleasure as always
0: thank you find him at perk fgc on all forms of social yes. media yes and at caffeine the caffeine's so or caffeine is not caffeine's gg caffeine's
1: gg on twitter um yeah, we're GG. just uh caffeines on other stuff you could also just go to caffeines.gg. That's our website. Um, nice and easy, and that's got links to all of our socials. So if you remember one thing for Caffeines, just Caffeines.gg. Um, and if you forgot, GG
0: stand so, for Good Game.
1: Uh yeah, yep. It's ah, the okay. uh, the old school thing. I was wondering. Yeah, I, a lot of gaming sites started doing that just because you know after the .dot com era, like lots of stuff got bought up or you know people site, you know uh, .dot coms and stuff like that. So you're like, what? Does nobody wants to do .dot net if they can avoid it? Like .nets like network and it doesn't doesn't quite feel the same for gaming. So I forget who was the first one that really started to do jot G- gg um but that was everybody gravitated towards that they were like oh that's perfect you know for gaming and stuff so good game yeah for sure it works so everybody
0: we hope you have a good game out there
1: yes sir T-